Y'all better be feeling this groove. Hey. Turn it down from there. What is good, mi gente? Que tal? My peoples. It's your boy. Chicano Thanos himself. The bigote boss. The cholo Charles Barkley. Your homie. Your good friend. Mario Caballero. In the place to be. This is the Puro Caballero Show. We are on episode 68. Freaking amazing, man. We just keep it moving and keeping it grooving. Uh, on through 20, the end of 2019, because it is uh, already the 17th of December. Time has flown by. Uh, that's what you say when it gets to this time of year, even if it has not been a fast one. I don't know. Anyway, that was... That new Katra, man. I don't know if you guys been bumping that shit. That's pretty, pretty fuego in my opinion. I've been enjoying it. Uh, that's off that new Bubba album. Definitely go get that wherever you can. I think he's got a vinyl for sale. Go ahead and buy that stuff. Support live music and all that jazz. Um, that was, yeah, 10% featuring Caliuchis. Cali, if you're out there, call me. What's up? What's happening, girl? Um, yeah, she's she's got some fire tracks. Um, kill this one. Props. And, yeah, 10%, like I said. I really enjoyed this album. A lot of these tracks he dropped when I got the chance to see him at uh, uh, Cross Festival, which was uh, kind of cool. Now, I'm thinking in retrospect, I was kind of flipping through them recently, and I was like, man, like at least three or four of them I, I remember hearing. So... That was cool. This one in particular, I definitely remember because it was, uh, uh, I think the first of like his new stuff that he started playing in the set and he shouted it out too. So that was cool. Um, he's like some new shit right here. It's like, Oh fuck. Everyone going crazy. Everyone in their moms going nutsos. So yeah, that was an old track. I like the album. Very, very groovy. One of the couple, uh, like kind of groovy funky records that have been like dropping recently that one and then we'll get into you'll you'll hear a little bit of the free nationals later but uh i think they dropped on the same day it's pretty pretty impressive i don't know uh i'll explain my situation i'm currently chilling parked out here in santa monica it is a tuesday and i'm trying to work on my materials and stuff you know it is uh a little after 7 30 there is a 10 p.m. lottery bucket available here at the West Side Comedy Theater, and I think I'm gonna try to get there and do some material. I'm gonna have to go a little earlier, probably around 9 9:30, and yeah, do the damn thing. Uh, what else did I want to say? Um, yeah. In the meantime, I'm just chilling here, kicking it, and posted trying to get through some stuff uh so a lot of topics to kind of get into we'll just kind of dive right into this into this great ass segue 
Mm, I may or may have not have smoked a uh, nice J on the way over here from the uh, 9 to 5, 9 to 6. Oh, uh, shit. Just watching the, the Kings game. They lost today, unfortunately. A little bit of King Louie. Uh, yeah, man. That's the situation. I'm almost on that 100th stand-up uh, open mic for the year. I could possibly hit that by the end of the week. I'm at 96. I was trying to do 97 the other day, but didn't get a chance to go up. Didn't get didn't get picked. It happens. Uh, it was a cool little mic, though. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I cannot remember the man who I met there. But, yeah, shout you out. <laughs> um, what the fuck? I could probably find it. Uh, but I don't really feel like it. I think it was at Three Clubs. Three Clubs Bar. Yeah. I'll talk about it later. Uh, I guess what I'll talk about now. I was doing some stand-up, though, yeah. So I did a, a, a couple of the week prior. I had my cousins in town. Shout-out to Fidel. Shout-out to Rudy. Uh, they came through, kicked it for a few days. Uh, had to be considerate of my cousin's diet. Uh, Rudy is a vegan. This is the dreaded V word. Uh, yeah, so we went to some places that had some veggie options or, like, um, just straight vegan menu. We went to the Sage Bistro place out in Echo Park. And this dude was freaking on cloud nine because <laughs> he was telling me, he's like, man, I had a cheese like this in forever. And I freaking like uh, artificial stuff, that AstroTurf. The, uh, he ordered like some like lasagna <laughs> and a bunch of shit like that. I think he got the, the cauliflower buffalo wings. Those are pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Might've been the be- my favorite part. I got a Brazilian bull which was cool, but they didn't give me, uh, give me enough plantains, man. Maybe they a little skimped a little. So that was, that was cool. Um, they got to see me do some stand-up. That was pretty interesting. One thing I hear from a lot of people is just, like, they're kind of ashamed sometimes to, talk, to have their, their family come or their friends to come and see them. To me, to a certain degree, I'm kind of, like, whatever for it. Like, you kind of, I'm most of the, I don't know. <laughs> like I guess it depends it depends on the scenario and the situation because not every single time and location is like the ideal spot to go see something like that there's some because I've done some mics recently where I've just been kind of trying some new shit out and it's just been eating some dicks so I've just been kind of throwing it out there to see what sticks and hit a couple of them that like couple sets that didn't hit it off or whatever but Still growing, still learning, so, you know, doing the damn thing. Uh, Yeah, I was doing this joke, though, because it was at Sycamore Tavern. They usually have an open mic there, and on the um, the one chance that it's a slow night, they run through comics, I guess, quicker. I got there maybe about, like, I was there maybe an hour after it began, and there weren't that many people. So they were about done for the night, and I, I came in thinking there was still going to be more time, and I, I give my name to the guy, and he's just like, oh, you're next. <laughs> like you, We would have been done if you wouldn't have showed up. I feel like some people were kind of mad that I, I came and just did another set. So not the most ideal crowd, but 
uh, I came in, yeah, so I met my cousins, they came in town that day, like, we met them right there, they came straight from the airport, so we, uh, uh, walk in, do my set, and I say some joke about how, man, it's like, I got some stereotypes working against me, and I apologize, but I'm on CP time, like, one, I got, like, the, the whole, you know, lazy Mexican stereotype I gotta beat. So when I show up late there, everyone's thinking that. Or two, if you know that I'm fucking piehead, that's another uh, bad stereotype there. So it's like me being on time. It's like the only thing worse is if, man, if I was like in a wheelchair or like freaking quadriplegic or something. <laughs> and I say it and I don't get too much of a good response, which is like a pretty shabby joke. I was just kind of something, a little throwaway, whatever. But uh, I continue on with the rest of my set and I do a couple other jokes and like two minutes into it there's another dude who shows up in a fucking wheelchair strolling on in walks up to or walks up rolls up to the host and puts his hand in the bucket and I'm like oh and then he went up and did some some material after me but it was just the timing of all that shit happening I kind of had to do a double take when it happened in the moment (laughs) <laughs> I should have stopped and addressed it because it's like, damn, I'll talk about being spot on, man. I, you know, I try to say some shit that I feel confident about. And I think I know, like I put it out in the air, I put it in the atmosphere. But like, you you know, sometimes it's like a free throw percentage. You got to have some misses now and then. At the very the very high end of it, sometimes it's like a batting average where it's like you you're lucky to get the hits. So <laughs> it is what it is. But man, that was on the nose. I was like on the fucking nose. And yeah, so that dude was later than me and played up right to the stereotype there. So there it is. I guess uh, that they I won. I guess I don't know. Fuck. That shit was funny though. I was talking about I was talking about it with my cousins later and we were fucking dying thinking about that shit. Like he was like oh, the timing of it. I gotta get that video. Rudy, if you're listening to this, send me the video, man. Um uh, Yeah, man. Send me that video. <laughs> I wanna post it. I'm gonna be posting some clips pretty soon. Uh of uh, another set that I did recently at uh, Redline Bar downtown. That was a fun one. I think the homie, uh, was it Mr. J.D. Connors, if I'm not mistaken. I got to look up the handles. Oh, no, I could just go to my page. I tagged the motherfucker in the post, right? J.D. Connors 11, James Devon. At J.D. Connors 11. Yeah. Thank you for the invite. That was a fun show. Had a good time. Uh, yeah, we'll do another one. That's cool. They, uh, yeah, so I want to post some clips from that. That would be, uh, coming up soon, shortly. Follow me on all the socials at Puro Caballero, P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O. This show has an Instagram page at the Puro Caballero Show. Link, I think I'm tagged it in my bio. So you can just find it there. Also, shout out though, I got to talk about it straight off the top because I know most people don't finish all the way through the end of this podcast. A lot of these be like two, three hours, fucking epic, epic ass ones. You ain't got shit to do. You just hear me fucking talking your ear off. 
because that's what I do. Um, I have a show coming up this Friday, though, at uh, the aforementioned Sycamore Tavern. It's uh, $12 at the door, but if you hit the link in bio, the you got $10 tickets there online. So, yeah, so go ahead, please uh, support it. Cool show, cool life comedy. Uh, shout out to Billy for the uh, being able to get me on this one. Uh, boom, 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 boom. And yeah, man. Well, also shout out to everybody else on the lineup. Uh, Jennifer Dooling, Robert Ferrieri, Jimmy Shoulders, Christine Fichetti, Jake Bassy, Bossy. I'm a guest on that one. And Sarah K. Good So yeah, shout out to y'all. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to work on some of the material, so that's hopefully I'm, I get picked at this one, because it's on, out the bucket, uh, this open mic I'm at tonight, kind of going away from script, I usually go to the downtown LA comedy crawl on Tuesday nights, that one, you can usually do three stops, but the third stop, I believe, is on hold until the new year, so I was like, script, let me try this one, I've been to this one before, but I didn't get picked last time. And the dude who was DJing played some Mac Dre in the, in the place, so I was feeling it. But I didn't get selected. I would have requested some Mac Dre on the way out or some shit. Um, anyway, let's talk about some other shit, though. That's just the comedy stuff. Um, yeah, Friday the 20th, though, Sycamore Tavern. Come through. Come through. I need some support. All right. If you're if you're not busy and if you're in town, because I know a lot of people got Christmas plans and they're traveling and doing all the damn thing. But yeah, if you're in LA, if you're in Hollywood, say what's up, hit me up. Uh, may or may not buy you a drink. What's up? That's uh, putting that out in the air. Uh, I'll definitely smoke you out <laughs> if that's what you want. Uh, if that's uh, what you prefer. So yeah, uh, it's uh, I kind of live my life a little bit too too on brand to the schoolboy q song because uh i mean i got no money man but man i got some weed that's a problem for me as you could maybe see uh kind of helps with sleeping creativity because man i got some weed hey uh that's a freestyle that's not even good but whatever this is a fucking podcast we may have some fun um yeah, the 20th, though. Come to Sycamore Tavern. It'll be a fun time, man. Fun time. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. I want to talk, like, deep into some football shit because, like, shit's been irking me recently. But I got to – I promise for the last two podcasts that I'm going to talk about some, like, world news topics and some political-ass shit. And, yeah. I haven't done it, or, I, or even like music stuff. I haven't really talked about. I mean, so shout outs to the to the new shits though, um, the the Kachas and the Free Nationals for giving me something to to bring up in in discussion though. Um, yeah, man. What else? What are we What are we getting into? Um, Disney Plus launched. This is how fucking late I am to this game. It's already been like a, a month. It's been out for like a month and a half. People have like drop gotten and then dropped subscriptions by the time that you have me talking about it. But this is kind of crazy, though. It is, like, pretty interesting to see because this is, like, the first big uh, plug by one major network kind of trying to gobble up all the the, the, the Pixars, the, the the Marvel universes, the uh, the Fox um, cartoons. 
all of the old school ones and stuff like that. They have all that on their library. They have the, all the uh, Lucas films, um, like the Star Wars franchises. They have the Mandalorian going right now, which I hear is, is pretty good. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I've watched uh, a handful of them. I haven't watched like all of them into completion, but uh, you know, I could I could dig it. It's entertaining for sure, but. I don't know. Sci-fi to me is like hit or miss sometimes. The different worlds and and uh, characters or whatnot. So yeah, that's up and moving. It's really big for the kids though. There's like all the and then especially I feel like my generation of people, the people who grew up in the '90s and the early 2000s, are like that. Those generations of people who have very fond memories of Disney Channel products, which regardless if it was the movies or the TV show. Like, there was many a household where Disney Channel was just, like, on all the time on TV. Like, it was Disney Channel for Cartoon Network and, um, what else? Nickelodeon. Those three on deck for the, the tunes growing up and, like, the that kind of content. But then, for me, it was also the ESPNs and then, like, the Fox Sportses and Comcast Sports, whatever was was available in the era. That kind of stuff for the sports stuff. And, yeah, and then NBA TV, NFL Network, when that kind of came around. And then definitely MTV VH1. That stuff and those contents, and the content that those, those channels provided definitely helped fuel a lot of what. And then big shout-out to Mundos, too, because that was very underrated growing up as a Latino, as uh, uh, being able to get exposure to, like, bachata and reggaeton and uh, cumbias and uh, rock and espanol and all these other genres that didn't get really, like, you know, obviously didn't get played because it's, like, the English language channels and stuff like that. But now it's, like, I've talked about in the past, it's kind of crazy how it's kind of have like, a lot of the, that kind of music is having a renaissance recently. and Or it's just more, it's just, like, the the focus has been on them because like people like artists have been producing fire for for a while now it's just sometimes doesn't go appreciated in different eras it just is what it is it's all different sounds evolve and you got different influences and shit so yeah uh but yeah a lot of the all the disney channels though the the shows and the movies all of them the brinks and the the double teams and like the the xenon Xenon the Z-Cool, all them shits are all up on there, so, you know, dig in, the Goofy movie, Extremely Goofy movie, all of those, all of the, the, the primo content, and then all the classics too, got the Dumbos of the world, and the, uh, uh, the Bambies, and the Snow Whites, and, you know, all those old ass movies, but like some of them have dis- disclaimers now because of uh, some of the racial depictions that they have in them. So it's kind of, kind of interesting. It's like warning: this was done in another time. Don't fucking hate us. <laughs> like, we didn't really mean it to be this shitty. It just is what it is. So yeah, that's the Disney Plus stuff. I think the the biggest uh, marketing move that they made though is they have a bundle where you can get Hulu, Disney Plus. And ESPN Plus, all for like $15 a month, I want to say, something around there. So, they're coming competitive with it. 
Somebody's got this. I kind of want to see it. Look it up. Sign it on my iPad. <laughs> on my goddamn phone. Um, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right, let's get to some music shit. Uh, back to the music. I want to say rest in peace to Juice World. Uh, the man. Very young, very very young. He passed away due to a heart attack. Um, about a week ago, week and a half ago now at this point. And yeah, he was another dude who was on the come up and was definitely getting a lot of play. Had big time collaborations already in his young career. And died of an anxiety attack, I want to say. Yeah. It was, uh, he's like on a plane. I think he had an overdose, maybe or two, like uh, too many pills. Ah, sad, 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 sad. Yeah, I had to go look and play some some of his songs for a sec just to make sure. Lucid Dreams was the one that was the slapper that like he he goes in on. It's like real melodic ass type music. But he he had a mixtape with Future. That was the first time I remember seeing his name up there. Like RP RIP to to Juice World. Um, yeah, man, pretty pretty uh, pretty sad there, man. Oh boy. So yeah, it's like another another young one. Another one lost. Yeah, he has seizure in Chicago, man. She can Mm. Mm-mm. Very young. A lot of these guys, man, it's just gotta be gotta be smart about what you do. You gotta take care of yourself personally. Twenty one years old, man. That's so young. It's unfortunate, man. Just hopefully, you just gotta learn. Take what he was able, the music he was able to provide, and just be appreciative of it. Ah, uh, yeah. So, R.I.P. to Juice World. Obviously, that's a tough one. Uh, another tough one to take. Not as harsh, but yeah, getting getting booed definitely sucks. That happened to Drake a couple months back. At uh, Camp Flognaw Festival. This is how late I am to this fucking shit. I don't know why I haven't talked about it earlier. Just didn't really come up, I guess. Drake got booed off the stage. People thought Frank Ocean was coming on. And it's a bunch of, like, crazy-ass Wolfgang, Odd Future Wolfgang uh, motherfuckers who are, like, super uh, hyper-passionate about their fucking, their clique. And then also about, like, the the non-poppy mainstream acts and stuff. And Drake is, like, the epitome of, like, some, uh, that, that poppy shit. Uh, the mainstream rapper-singer type shit. You know what I mean? So, that shit was not flying at the crowd. Crowd booed him off stage. And, you know, the thing about him is he he, he turns bad situations kind of around pretty well. He was tweeting about it. I think he put an Instagram saying, he's like, yep, uh, joke's on y'all. I got a residency for <laughs> Camp Flogna now for the next 20 years. Uh, or the, the next 10 years, just like, enjoy your 20s, bitch. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, shit, it was pretty funny. It's kind of trolling. 
Anyway, next one. There was rumors about a month and a half ago that there's going to be a Kanye and Dr. Dre album in the works. Hmm. I wonder how that would come about and sound and be. That would be an interesting one. Uh, sonically, the raps, I would uh, I would hope they got help. But at the same time, I was listening to Charlemagne talk about Kanye the other day and about the most recent album that he dropped. And I think it's a very poignant thing. When you're having, when you're going through stuff and you're talking real emotionally about, uh, um, like where your head's at, and like your growth in your life and the the struggles that you've had, however relatable they are, or they aren't. Um, it helps when you don't have ghost writers and you're writing it by yourself, like you're writing your your own bars and stuff. Because it's like authentic and you can feel it and there's a connection there. Because sometimes that's not always the case, to be quite quite honest with you. So, for Yeezy, that was uh, something that popped up. But, uh, uh, because this last album, yeah, like, some of the stuff sonically was cool. But some of it was just all over the, a little bit. That's kind of the, the part of it, I guess, the, the catch some of the intrigue of some of his newer productions. So with Dre and what he's been doing recently, I mean, could possibly have some fire there. Who knows? Who knows? I just thought that was pretty interesting that he want to work with him like right now out of all all this time. Mm-mm. That'd be cool though. Always down for more more music collabos. Speaking of uh, Kanye, though, apparently Michael Che caught some flack on SNL for a Kanye Caitlyn Jenner joke. This is so old. I don't. I've done forgot about what happened. Um, let me look at up uh, Michael Che Caitlyn Jenner. Saturday Night Live. Michael Junk wasn't water. Um, yeah, let me see, all right, I just heard the joke again, I mean, I get where, I get it, man, there's all these people, I I typed it just, I literally just typed in the name, Michael Che, Caitlyn Jenner, and it is just like, all like, ageist, transphobic, all this shit, all right, so he was talking about Kanye's album, he says, man, he's turning into like, how a white woman is. He's like, man, he's going to turn his name into Kathy. He just wears orthopedic shoes and, and sweatpants everywhere. And then I was saying, he's like, you think I'm crazy? A couple years ago, there's this guy named Bruce. And then everyone's like, oh, oh, like Jesus. So, yeah, that was Michael Chase, like, on the Saturday Night Live desk. Um, yeah, he got some flack for that one. I, I think I was that wasn't bad, but. Hey, man, the funny shit is in reality, like, at the time, that's what the individual was known by, so, I mean, (sighs) come on, man, some people can't make fun of themselves, I get it, I get it, I get it, uh, Jesus, alright, speaking of SNL and people on there, Pete Davidson, there was a, a story about him, 
forcing his audience to sign NDA agreements, non-disclosure agreements, saying they can't talk about being at his show and how it went. How fucking crazy is that? That's kind of unheard of, in my opinion. It's kind of wild that you're kind of putting the clamps on people even talking about how you do and how you did or what you talked about. I mean, I understand the whole not recording everything, but if you remember it from memory, then it's like, what the hell? If you're going to be headlining a show or like on the bill, if you just drop in and stuff, I don't think people are going to be ready to sit there and like record you necessarily. I don't know how it is being that ginormously famous and having that attention. He's more famous for his off the screen exploits in the recent past than he is for his comedic exploits at this point. So that's a very, that's a tough pickle and a tough bubble to kind of be in and hit that right and still kill it. So for better or worse, it's like tough to work out stuff, I would say. The situation with Louis coming back and his stuff getting leaked in a similar fashion of like, you know, not having stuff worked out, I think is also kind of a, a sign of that or an example of that. Obviously, Louis' situation much, much different in terms of his notoriety in recent years uh, and his uh, his work prior to that, I would say. So it's a weird bubble, this whole like crazy focus of fame. Signing NDAs, that's kind of insane, man. I think that shit's wild. I signed like non disclosure agreements on like some of the businesses that like I used to work in. Uh like some of the employees or the, the people contracted would. That's in like very rare circumstances when very sensitive stuff is being discussed. I don't know how close to home some of his material must be. Cause this dude, this dude's gonna get girl go in on like his uh, his love life and shit like that. And and, and he's willing, if he's willing to roast himself, I appreciate it. But I think he also doesn't want people to get hurt in in, in the if uh, he goes off script or something. He wants to watch his tongue a little bit. I think yeah, that might be the situation. I don't know. Like if he just wants to just like rag on Ariana. Uh, he, I don't think he wants that heat from all her fan base. That's the, I think that's it's kind of shit like that. I think this is kind of brewing and going on. Possibly, possibly. I don't fucking know. Who knows? Who the fuck knows, man? Yeah, that was a, that was a wild one. Um, what else? What the folks pass continue the conversation there nda though non-disclosure agreement that is so that is so much that is doing a lot uh what else did we see um oh yeah there was another headline that came up there was a sex tape scandal back in the day with rob lowe 
So with the 16-year-old, kind of uh, something that's not brought up and discussed too much recent in uh, recent memory, but he was discussing it on the show, uh, and he was saying that that was the best thing that ever happened to him. Claims it helped him get got sober, met his wife and all that stuff, turned his life around, ded- rededicated himself, which... It's not a bad thing, so sometimes you do need the bad things to come with the good, but it, some of that is a, kind of a little dicey when it's like an act that you commit yourself that is not the best. Obviously, the backlash he got from it, I think, is what he's responding to, but or the situation at whole. So some people are saying, like, man, you still uh, took advantage of someone younger than you, which that's like a it's a it's a it's a tough one because. If it's not a forced situation, it could be a coerced one. It's like, that's a gray line. It's like, I don't fucking know, man. It's, it's much. And it's like, also, too, like, regardless of how, whatever feelings you have about it and about him now, it's like this, the action has is, is, is been done. And at this point, you know, the uh, the damage has been done, I would say. Because, yeah. I didn't live that era too much, but looking at it, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that'll put your career behind you for a, a minute. There's been people who have made jokes about it, I know. So, it is what it is. If it ultimately led to improvements in your life, yeah, that, that can't always be, I mean, that's looking at the silver lining, that's, that's a positive trait to do and have. Uh, I don't know, I don't know. I don't I don't know anymore. I don't know. I don't know. know. Alright, let's see. Think I'm gonna go through try to get through the rest of these headlines and then we might have to circle around. I'm gonna have to talk to you tomorrow for the rest of it. There was a school shooting in Santa Clarita. Um sad man, it's just it's popping up everywhere. So much so that you, like, forget about all of them that have happened. You don't get the notoriety they once did. And that's sad, man. That's sad. So, you know, thoughts and prayers, all that stuff. Gotta think there'd be something more, man. All right, let's let's, let's roll through these. There was a girlfriend charged in a boyfriend's suicide after encouraging it via text. The man jumped off the roof two hours before graduating from Boston College. Yo, talk about wild headline there. And guess what? Girlfriend is currently back in South Korea. Whoa, heavy stuff. One, that just kind of shows you how manipulative some people can be in in in, in relationships or especially at that age because that's kind of a tender age where people are kind of susceptible to be influenced in one way or the other and they act upon those influences that's it's never a good thing some people get power trips over controlling others jumping over off a roof though that's a tough way to go man That's a tough way to go. 
That shit was probably devastating for the, the community. Like, people having to see that. Probably near campus, I'm assuming. Maybe off campus. If it was off campus, they could avoid it easier. But if that shit was on campus, or like, people, everybody there for graduation. And then the girlfriend kind of skating off about it now. I think that's the laws here in America are probably the most, like, spelled out in terms of being able to be prosecuted for stuff like that. But damn, man, that's just crazy. Mm. The kid was Korean too, I believe. Sad. Or maybe not, I don't remember. Yeah, know he's Asian. I don't remember if he's Korean. That's something you can look up. Alright, another one. Old woman got killed at a gender reveal in Iowa. Because there's an explosion with colored powdered lead. Uh, colored powder... It led to shrapnel being shot out. They basically made a pipe bomb and didn't know it. Some old lady got hit in the chest and ended up dying. Uh, Who was there for the gender reveal? Like, holy shit. White people need to chill. I guess all people need to chill. They're making all these crazy gender reveals now. Everyone trying to be Instagram famous and stuff. It's like, chill, man. Chill. Yeah, it's just resulting in death now? It's just crazy. All right. Let's get into more serious shit. All right, let's move south of the border. El Chapo, y'all remember him? Joaquin Guzman, uh, the, the big narco. He has a son. He has multiple sons, but he has one son in particular who's now apparently taking the reins of his operation post his... Um, incarceration in U.S. prison. He got captured back in uh, Sinaloa by the um, military. Then they called on the cartel. And then they came and violence struck. Eight people died. Fifty prisoners escaped. Sinaloa got shut down for a few days because of this. Eventually, they release him and let him go. It was a decision that the president has defended and said that he didn't want to continue the loss of lives. But it just shows you how crazy of a world it is down there. In terms of, in relation to the power and control that some of the cartels have on the, the people and society, just all of it. It just encapsulates everything. It just, I, uh, man, it's rough out there. And I just, you, you pray as much as you can for people, the people who have nothing and still end up in the shit hand at the end. And do nothing. Because there's like... Some innocence and stuff. And people get caught up in it. And this stuff. And it's just crazy. It just affects everything. Oh boy. It's tough. Tough world we live in. Mm. Speaking of cartels. There was a more of an enclave down in Mexico. That that, uh, made the news recently. 
there was violence between them and some sicarios. They got attacked. Many of them killed, and some of the survivors left. I think all the rest of the survivors went packed up and left, came back to the U.S. because they were dual citizens. It was like some crazy sect of uh, um, Mormons who moved from Utah after the polygamy laws came into effect. So they have a, a like a colony out in Mexico. It was kind of crazy, dog. Um, let me let me look up where exactly they were. Let's see. Boom. Um, da, 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 da. they're near the Sierra Madres. Um, yeah, this is like crazy. It is like family that of um, Mitt Romney. Romney's dad is from that clan of people who got uh, attacked by the Sicarios. 100 members of Mormon families leave Mexico after the ambush. They have some big-ass families, too. Uh, yeah, they're, so they're up near the border. Um, yeah, huge-ass family. Let me see here. They... Nine people were killed, all women and children, or members of the LeBaron family. They splintered from LDS Church a while ago. La Mora, Mormon community in the Sonoran State. Sonora State. Uh, yeah. There are apparently drug cartel disputes right there. La Línea. La Los Salazar. They're with the Sinaloa cartel. Yeah, those dudes are not to be fucked with. So, that shit kind of happened. Kind of crazy. Kind of fucking wild. And I had no idea there was Mormons even in Mexico for the longest. So, I was just like, oh, shit. I don't know what the what the original... There was a, something that sparked it. Anything can. Not saying it's justified. I just kind of want to know what the, the, the story is because you see some of the tales and you read I've read some of the tales seen some of the stories be told of what leads to like the craziness and it's some of it's like not believable like reality is stranger than fiction a lot of times man I'll just say that what's going on there in the cartels is like oof 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 oof, oof. Respect, man. That's like some of the, the the firepower they have down there is like insane. Anyway, let's stay there though. There's talk that Mexico is gonna finally legalize marijuana. Vicente Fox also advises to keep pushing the boundaries and to keep legalizing more drugs. They're trying to take some of the power from the cartels in the drug-moving operations is the goal. This is the mission. Um, and to, like, treat it as a... Um, like a sickness issue instead of a, a criminality issue. 
I think I've talked about this ad nauseum at certain times in the past podcasts about my thoughts on what uh, uh, drug policies have been put into place into this hemisphere of the world and how that has affected relations and societies and um, communities through decades and generations. So this, I think, is a very, very good thing in the right direction. pushing to the boundaries and moving towards other stuff. I think psychedelics is making a big comeback medically in different studies, in different uh, circumstances. I know it's been used for PTSD for a lot of people, depression, things of that nature. So there have been some studies into those. Um, Kind of treatment options for some of those ailments that I kind of listed. You know what I mean? I mean, we too. Part two. La mota. La yesca. Hierba. All that shit. That's pretty dope, man. Let's just kind of just lay off it and just let people chill, man. Let people smoke. It's cool. Also, kind of in that relation, 2020 elections coming up on this side of the border. Bernie Sanders released his, uh, marijuana proposal it also included like some very uh um very promising thoughts on remediating communities that have been generally overly targeted for these uh infractures primarily brown and black people um people who easily been taken advantage of in this country circum circumstances on record so he was going to say he's going to make it a lot easier for these people these communities to like become a part of this industry as it becomes legalized because they were part of the industry as it was illegal and so um as were everybody i mean to a fair extent but some people obviously punished more than others so that's uh a part of his proposal. So yeah, that's encouraging. Some of the stuff he's he's talked about in the past that seemed kind of wacko is starting to be a little bit more accepted and you know, year by year. It's talked about more, it's discussed more and thought of as being sound sound practice. So there's one thing I can kinda of say and I'm thankful for that at least Bernie's pushing the boundaries in that in those regards. Let's see what here. In in a similar vein, there's the Moore Act um, that could end marijuana prohibition. It's being voted on in Congress. Let me see if uh, if we have any updates on here. Moore Act 2019. Boom. Bill to and deschedule cannabis. Um, don't think it's gonna be law. Because it's probably going to reach the Senate, and the Senate is controlled by Republicans. So, uh, let me see here. It passes the House committee, but it's got to hit the Senate. Uh, got to hit the full House, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's encouraging. You got to keep pushing these through as much as they can. Uh, so yeah, at least they're discussing it. 
Let's see. What a Morak means for cannabis stocks. Alright, that's enough there. So yeah. At the very least it's it's encouraging to see that it's it is uh up for some proposal. Uh in the same vein there was some news though recently California is raising its pot taxes, man. This is something I'm very disappointed in because I'm a consumer and I'm gonna be feeling the brunt end of that uh uh that taxation. You know? I've kind of started to see and notice it recently. I'd say about the past year, but now apparently they're they're gonna raise it more so, up to the point where a lot of the owners, like the legal owners uh, of these like businesses, some of the retail shops, some of the the, the growers, distributors, some of the manufacturers of the uh, um, other you know products tinctures, drinks, edibles, all that stuff. They've been kind of feeling the brunt end of all that uh, that taxation and they've uh, a lot of them been kind of squeezing. It's been really difficult to kind of turn a profit for some of these like smaller brands. And they uh, were actually asking the California Senate, I believe, to lower the taxes, but then now they've they move it they may move the other way. They moved the other way to raise it. So that's that's only going to push the uh, consumers, people like me, to just be willing to buy weed off the street more often. And then the taxes helps nobody. I remember reading, uh, learning about this, I think, in one of my economics classes. is just about the issue with taxation and raising it to a certain degree. It's going to come to a point where people are going to try to avoid it as much as, much as possible and do whatever they can to kind of get past it. You know, ultra rich people going to claim residency in other countries and whatnot. So it's like you can get a uh, reasonable chunk of it or you can get none of it. You know, sometimes that happens. What are these dudes doing in the street? Check out manholes or some shit. Um, some guys in vests out here. What's going on? So yeah, pot tax is rising. Oh yeah, uh, speaking of the 2020 candidates, Joe Biden was saying that he still thinks this shit is a gateway drug. Like, this dude is so behind in the times and some of the stuff. He's not going to get a lot of support and votes from people who are uh, of my generation, I feel like. I think, I think we've seen a lot of Joe, enough of Joe. He's not going to make... He's not like a dynamic option and leader he's had so many different faults and like backtracks in his past like i don't know i think he's a a candidate's a little too far gone at least for the presidency man that's a lot that's a lot i know he was vice president for a while and but he's just he's been creepy joe and all this shit you know so you would not be my choice per se him and Trump just get into a geriatric fight, a bunch of 70-year-olds. I don't want to see that happen. Uh, another candidate, Kamala Harris, ended up dropping out finally. 
it was a bad PR after bad PR pretty much for the past year or so. Because the year prior, she looked like a, a very uh, promising candidate. A woman, black woman. Someone's been in, you know, elected positions of power. She tried to stand up to the Trump presidency and administration at times and time. She just missed on a lot of cultural shit. And I feel like people were getting manipulated by her. Number one, she chose the PR person from Hillary Clinton's failed campaign attempt in 2016. Don't think that was a very sound decision to start with. Number two, her sister was her finance ma- uh, campaign manager. That also reeks of uh, potential nepotism there, too. So, for better or worse, sunken cost of like her, her campaign is just it's a lot, man. It's like to run for presidency is so much. So much uh, campaign dollars, donations, and all that. It's a... Uh, it's a lot. Apparently, she had gotten a tour bus too, travel the country and you know campaign for herself. But I think she dropped out the next day. So the timing of that was not the best on her part. Mm. Could have saved that check, I guess. No, maybe it signed it, signed it beforehand, and they were like, "Fuck it, we need to release this before I drop out. I can't have a bus and just not even." Use it. Gotta take a picture at least. I don't know. So there. There's one gone. The thing that got her for me was the fact that she was lying about like listening to Snoop Dogg and and smoking weed in college. Like we know how to do math, bitch. Come on. We're not fucking that ridiculous. Like you gotta be careful with like that shit. She was already sleeping with uh, with uh, Sweet Dick Willie, Willie Brown over there in San Francisco, I believe. At that, by the time Snoop Dogg was freaking uh, up on Death Row Records, you know, you know what I'm saying. This is the '90s. There's, that's that stuff's all like on on uh, uh, on wax, baby. That's all on the record. And yeah, you can't you can't fuck with the timeline with people like that. I think that's what what kind of did her in also the fact that she was being somewhat uh hypocritical about her past in uh the very harsh laws that uh she helped uh you know keep forward and push forward she was arresting mothers for uh truancy I believe not getting your kids to school. That's a little much, man. She's pretty out there about that shit. It's like, whew. so yeah, she's out of the race. Um, what else we got here? I might go another thirty minutes. Let's see here. Oh yeah, we we're talking about uh, drugs earlier. There was a report that North Korea has a meth problem, according to some defectors. That this shit is like destroying them meth and goddamn opioids are ruining the fucking world this whole planet this our population is falling to this shit all over it is not a localized issue it is 
a global problem at this point. This shit is crazy. If North Korea is getting fucking illegal drugs shipped in, that stuff's getting everywhere. Oh, man. Supply and demand. Crazy. Crazy. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. North Korea has a meth problem. That's fucking insane. Yeah, apparently this shit gets passed around like Tic Tacs, I guess. I don't know why. Fucking A. They call it ice. Oh, yeah, some defectors. That was the issue. Um, They give it out at birthday parties. That was one thing I read. That's fucking crazy, man. It's just crazy. Alright. Um, this administration is kind of ridiculous. Rudy Giuliani got caught butt-dialing an NBC reporter. And then this tape leaked. And he was saying some shit. And they talked about it in the news. And then, now they're not talking about it. Because that's how crazy the news cycle goes. Um, yeah, number one, how embarrassing is that? Regardless of what's being talked about. And then number two, some of the shit that he was talking about, I think, was kind of also like... Like, damn, for real. Like, he was... I don't remember. I don't... To be honest, I've I, I worked this down. I kind of cared when it, it happened, but I kind of don't really care anymore. Uh, let's see. Speaking of that administration, El Trumpito. He ordered the death of this ISIS leader who, weirdly enough, got written about in the paper as, like, a religious cleric. I think uh, Rogan was talking about this on a couple of his podcasts, like, what the fuck? Like, I can call spade a spade, man. If he's an ISIS leader, he's a fucking ISIS leader. Uh, he looked like a fucking crazy nut job type of a, of a person. But, uh... They went soft on the headline because it was Trump who ordered the kill on him. And Democrats say they weren't being informed about the hit prior to it happening. So, there's some controversy regarding that stuff. I mean, and they were, they were trying to, to put up the the side by side photo of Trump's war room versus when, in Obama's war room when what's his name died? Are they killed? Osama? Yeah, they, they murked Osama during his presidency. And the Trump war room little looked a little more chaotic, to say the least. I'm more stern. Smaller. I don't know. Different scenarios. Tomatoes, tomatoes, I guess. People wanted to take a lot of... Dive into that. So Obama's little back and off and into this... Uh, in the in the corner. He's more of an observer instead of being up in front. He's kind of letting his generals do the work and the mission. He's a little, look a little nervous. Trump's sitting there... Just kind of stern more forward. A little bit more front center. Oh, different scenario. Uh, the controversial thing, I think the Dems were saying that they weren't informed about it. That was the, the biggest thing. You know. Uh, not that I don't think they should be opposed to doing, doing so. As long as the mission went correctly as planned. 
I didn't really read into that aspect of it, but that was in the news, so I wrote it down. All right, next one. ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, La Migra. They arrested 250 students at a fake university of Farmington in Michigan via sting operation. This is people who come out of the country and try to get visas for going to schools when they aren't really going to the school. You know what I'm saying? So there's some times that that has happened in the past when some people kind of G their way into this, this this country and all that stuff. So, Yeah. So they they set up the sting operation. Apparently, this this university was was completely fake, and was they set it up themselves? ICE did, where they had like a, uh, the location of the campus had no classrooms. There was no online courses or anything from it. They just accepted payments from people, and yeah, there were certain people who who. Had came out later and said that yeah I kind of stopped. There was people who got arrested who even went there and like stopped paying for it. That was kind of fucked up. How like they they even when people realized that they were being duped, they stopped. They still got those people. So that part of it I think is kind of fucked up. When so there's some people that realized it wasn't uni- a, a, a real university. Other people didn't give a shit that it wasn't a real university and they knew that it, they were like you know, being screwed with, you know, because there's, I mean, they're, like, in colleges, there's a lot of international students who like to come to, to, to American universities, that's not uncommon, that's not out of the ordinary, that's not, you know, anything new, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's kind of is what it is, man, it is what it is, uh, Sucks, sucks. Ice has just like never been in worse light ever. Maybe I don't know. <sighs> shitty, shitty scenarios. And this is like what we're taxpayers doing, we're going for. Uh, crazy, crazy. They got two hundred fifty people. Hmm. All right, another thing I got to talk about internationally. Protests have been going on in a couple of different countries. Chile, Ecuador, and Bolivia, and South America. Nothing too new, but a lot of them is just like super radical. Um, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, like a lot of native groups uh, have been marginalized in the past. And yeah, man. This is a, a region of the world that's seen a lot of uh, revolts and uprisings and changes of power and power struggles. A lot of harsh right-wing dictators, left-wing uh, communist regimes. It's kind of gone all over the map in certain places, and it's out there. And there's a lot of proud, you know regional native pop populations that are out there in these different parts of the world and down South America and yeah just like a lot of places a lot of them just don't get that chance they've been kind of 
uh, marginalized in society in different ways through the local caste systems that kind of been established and then the remnants and like the uh, the after effects of that. There's a lot of people who've talked about like, you know, like the, there's an after effect of, of, uh, of slavery on like culture and society for generations. That same thing holds true for the way that different populations existed in Latin America, you know, post, uh, the arrival of the Spanish and Portuguese and Catholic Church and all that stuff. So, like, there's there's a lot of history there and stuff. I haven't read too much into the current current protests that have been going on. So, just understand that, like, there's turmoil and shit is kind of going off. Um, speaking of Bolivia, though, Evo Morales, he re- ended up resigning... This was one of the bigger left-wing governments in Latin America at the time, in the current era. And the ones that were most present and out there and kind of vocal. But yeah, Evo ended up resigning. He had a lot of pressure on his back. I think he, industry, go away from like, um, what the hell was it? Some big industry, like oil or wanted to go off like the dollar or something like that or like become more independent and kind of got stomped out a bit so his uh his reign on top kind of ends there very controversial for a lot of different reasons very very leftist and yeah um yeah, I'm reading this article. It looks like he just uh, landed in uh, Argentina, though. He got asylum there. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see here. He's got refugee status. Um, he was in Mexico. I think he was in a few other places. So yeah, maybe he's gonna make a try to come back, come back to Bolivia. There's an organization of American states that released a 100-page report that rigged the presidential election in his favor. He has these allegations that came up. So yeah, I think he's been 13 years in office. Hmm. Or 14 years. He's not gonna be a candidate. But his movement, his movement towards socialism, mas movimiento a socialismo. He's a campaign chief, and yeah, he's gonna be staying involved in politics. So that's kind of hmm. How far is he gonna go? You know what I'm saying? He's gonna try to make this comeback, slide right back into Bolivia. Mm, good luck. <laughs> so yeah, Brazil right now is Bolsonaro, and he's very right wing. I think Argentina is gonna have a left wing government. Alberto Fernandez just got swear, sworn in over there. So yeah, there it is, man. Because Mexico. They got a little more left wing. I'm low. 
in there right now at the moment. You know, it's all over the place. These people have different beliefs and politics and whatnot, too. That's kind of all wrapped up into that, too. So shit gets kind of sticky, hairy, messy and all that stuff. So, yeah, he he ended up resigning and uh, that'll be a new government. There's supposed to be elections early next year. We shall see what happens down there. Uh, U.S. is always like waiting in the drop of a button to send troops. I feel like that if shit gets real in terms of getting against American interests too too far, it might be a covert nascent operations, but shit happens. I've talked to people who've been in the military who've gone down to Latin America. It's pretty damn covert. It happens pretty quickly, too. I mean, what did they call it? The, uh, like, operations, South American operations. There's a term that they had. Interventions. And whatnot. You best believe America protects their interests. All right, uh, a couple more things, and then I'll give you a break. How about this Jeff Epstein dude, man? This dude stays on in the news. Uh, apparently, the story could have been broken years ago, according to ABC reporter who got caught on a hot mic. It sounded like she was really pissed. Uh, more so that the... Uh, 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 Project Veritas, Amy Robach, oh yeah, she was, fr- she was claiming that, yeah, she's frustrated, she was like on air, it was like, or not on air, but it was, it was recorded, there was a hot mic, and she was talking about how she was frustrated that they, they could have got the scoop, she seemed, she was more pissed that like, she didn't get the story, than the shit happened, I may or may have not have talked about this on a prior show, but regardless, uh, yeah, she thinks he was murdered. A lot of people. Saying they're saying like the, they quashed the story because they didn't want the people associated with him to be uh, put in bad lights so that they don't come back on the shows. It's kind of how it was explained to me, and that's so so crazy that people networks pander that much when heinous shit is going down because that's kind of the reality there you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying shit is been kind of wild man so any what else what else is going on uh I think I had like one or two more things to bring up and of course all my shit gets dropped in Samsung notes alright oh yeah Speaking of Joe Rogan on the JRE podcast, Joe Rogan Experience, this dude got Ed Snowden on the show. I recommend watching that if you can or taking a listen because they they did it over like a Skype interview or FaceTime, basically. It was pretty damn interesting, man, hearing his perspective on a lot of things and just uh, America's involvement in uh, all the data mining and everything course i'm putting more of this stuff out on the universe i'm just kind of vocalizing thoughts i have in relation to these things that have happening so 
Yeah, I mean, that was a very enlightening conversation. That was one of the more interesting ones that I've heard with him. It was uh, a pretty crazy, wild experience for this guy. He was he's got family that all worked in Virginia and lived in there, and kind of were, uh, you know, adjacent to to the government, working in different positions because that's kind of the business that they have there. Most people work in those kind of capacities in one way or the other. So he was just kind of went along with that uh, that kind of blueprint. Ended up, you know, working with very top secret stuff. And he was the big whistleblower. And he goes through his whole uh, craziness that happens after the fact. And I think he's in Russia still. I think he's going to live the rest of his days out there in Russia crazy crazy story man crazy story that's so fucking crazy this fool got <laughs> this fool joe rogan this is the power joe rogan has joe rogan's better than abc news man it's more trusted more watched that's bigger than cnn man that's so powerful These people want that raw shit man they don't want the the phony foo-foo stuff so I hope y'all listening, man. Just fucking keep it moving, man. Get out with that that uh that fugazi. We don't want that shit. We've been lied to so many times, man. People know that phony stuff when they see it, I guess. That cookie cutter. You know, hidden ball trick, look over here, not over here, type stuff. Man. All right, what a fun time. I think I'm going to go try to do comedy right now, so I need to take a break. Uh, When I come back, I will talk about my fucking frustrations and shit with uh, the world of sports and all that stuff. All right, back in a sec. All right, welcome back. I hope you had a good break. I had a good time. It is now two days in the future. It's Thursday the 19th of December. Uh, just 11 more days to the end of the year. Yeah, we count down. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about, I guess, before getting into the sports shit. A lot of headlines. I'm going to try to do this as briefly as I possibly can. But, uh, yeah, it just got announced yesterday that uh, the articles of impeachment are moving forward with uh, current Presidente. Um, still a lot of steps to go before he can legally be removed from office or... I don't know if it's ever going to get to the point where he's pressured to leave because it seems like a uh, kind of guy who doesn't want to admit or take a loss. He won't take a sack. He's going to scramble to try to throw that touchdown, uh, whether he throws a pick into double coverage or, you know, to actually score. He's going to try it. So uh, uh, the Donald seems kind of like that kind of guy. So he's not going to go quietly into the night, I don't believe. So this is going to be a lot of political theater going forward in the next few months. 2020 election coming up. Uh, yeah, so some people are going to be... I've read a lot of concerns that this is going to maybe strengthen his base. And it's going to be people... Because they're going to turn around the whole witch hunt uh, idea. And present that moving forward. So, yeah. Another another very interesting thing to kind of monitor, keep a look at. A lot of people were clamoring for this for the day he took uh, that you know, oath. 
and stepped into the uh, the White House there. And some of the people were more hesitant that we'd even get to this point. But yeah, now the mm, impeachment process, I believe, now moves from the House to the Senate, if I'm not mistaken. I think, honestly, the chances of it getting past the Senate are going to be slim. But who the hell knows? Uh, the easiest way to, to make change is to just win that damn election coming up because, look, if you t- move him out of the office, the scenario for what got him in there doesn't change. And you're just going to move uh, Pence right up in there, uh, President Pence and all that. Now, <laughs> if you ask anybody who wants Trump impeached and you, you bring up the fact that Pence is going to be president, and now it's going to be like, oh, oh, yeah, oh I mean, uh, shit, and all this other stuff too, so... Uh, nobody's perfect, and it's like, fuck, man, it's like, uh, you have, well, I guess, I don't know, it's like weird, some people say it's like the evil you know is better than the evil you don't know, but, I guess that could be up for debate, so, that's one thing to look out, um, yeah, 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 this is gonna be twisted and turned, it's gonna be in the news cycle for, for a minute now, um, still haven't read too, too much into it, and, just saw like like the brief headlines yesterday and just a couple things on IG and uh yeah social media exp- um mostly just on IG nowadays currently uh I've just been swiping all the Twitter notifications away for for like a month or two now but I need to get back up into that shit it's hard to just jump on drop something and jump off cuz it's they do such a fucking good ass job of just getting people addicted to that shit so all right, it is what it is. All right, let's talk uh, some NFL football. We got a couple weeks to kind of go back and review week 14 and week 15. This is like the make or break points in the season. You got to start to get a feel over who's for real, who's not, who's going to make it, who's uh, really, really in the tank, and who's kind of a mediocre team who we thought was really shitty at the beginning. Because there's been a couple teams that have kind of come on late that had things broken differently for them at the beginning of the year, maybe they're in the in the hunt a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, we can kind of get into it. Biggest thing I want to talk about, though, the demise of this goddamn 2019 Oakland Raiders season. Like, what the fuck, man? These last two games, these last, like, five games, four, what is it? We got Jags, Titans, uh, Jets. That Jets game was so shit. Um... And the Chiefs. So is it like I still can't count. Anyway. Crazy. What are they? Six and four. Now they are six and eight. Four game losing streak there. Fuck man. The the Titans, they just rolled through them, man. They didn't even need Derrick Henry at full strength. This fool was limping around after the first quarter with the uh hamstring or quad injury. Couldn't really explode, and this dude was still getting like seven yards of pop every single time. The the run fits on the second level between where the linebackers and the safeties are just not not there, and the the, the line is uh, they were not holding up their their gap assignments like they should have. I saw a number of times guys getting undisciplined, ends crashing inside, uh, tackles you know uh, funneling out, opening holes up the middle. And they were running that stretch handoff play, and this fool was getting, like I said, like seven a pop. He'd get through the first level and then just like, pup, 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 just kind of jog now full steam. Versus before he would just take on the, hit the Jets and just like dip out. He had a fucking crazy ass game and didn't even need to, 
go more than like 60-70% it looked like. It was crazy. And Titans were on that crazy streak and they were in a good position to make the playoffs. Lost last week to the Texans, so we'll see. Texans now in the driver's seat there for the South. They have the tiebreaker against the Titans and they play their final matchup next week, week 17. So each team still has two games left. So that's that's one of them that's still up up for grabs. Texans, I'd say, they got the leg up at the moment. Uh, there was that crazy game, Niners against the, the Saints. Damn, that was a fucking crazy one. I had to watch the highlights on that one, like, over and over again. Because George Kittle, holy crap. That one play he had where he was dragging the DB for, like, 20 yards. Dude, one of the plays of the year. That, that was just a fucking grit and just... Oh my god, just explosiveness. That that shit was fucking amazing. That dude was beast mode in through that that uh secondary. And they were killing him. And I gotta give credit to the Niners, man. They really showed out in that game. They really uh cemented their uh uh credibility, I would say. Being able to go on the road, tough environment in the in the dome in New Orleans, the fans are going crazy. I knew a few people that were there. I saw some of the videos and stuff like that and it looked like a crazy environment, and that place looked dead-ass silent after they scored at the end. But that one was a crazy finish. I was going back and forth. It was, like, so insane, uh, all that scoring, and Kamar didn't do nothing for the Saints. And he has not looked the same this season. Uh, he hasn't been quite right. I don't know what's going on with him. Probably dealing with some knocks, some injuries. It's NFL, man. Everybody's a little beat up at some point. So that was an amazing game. Uh, Ravens. They held on against the the Buffalo Bills. That was another impressive performance. This Ravens team, every single week, they keep checking the boxes off, man, of like what you want a team to do. Uh, challenge a tough defense, they could do that. They've been able to, uh, you know, you know, solidify home field. Um, going on the road, they've uh, been able to travel a little bit. So, you know, they they look like at the moment kind of the the front runner to kind of make the Super Bowl. You never know how these things break out. Guys have other cards to play when it gets to the playoffs and you're in desperation mode. So something to look out for. Um, I mean, the team's biggest weakness is not having, I guess, a dynamic uh, wide receivers. And the Buffalo Bills, it's like they have one of the best secondaries. So even though the Bills' defense overall is really, really good, the the nitty-gritty individual matchups were, were a lot better because it's, they throw the tight ends, they throw the running backs, and... If you're not a team that's ready for that and specifically designed to stop those type of uh, plays, then it could be uh, a long night, a long day. That's kind of kind of what happened there. Let's see, what else? Uh, Pats fell short to Kansas City. Chiefs stepped up and did well. The Pats' offense is just a bit out of sorts. They haven't been able to put up points recently. The defense is still solid. Kansas City's offense, obviously, a lot better. It's like the best unit they have on that team. So, the Kansas City defense was able to do just enough, man, to kind of hold off uh, Tom and that Pat's offense. Patriots are kind of have a similar problem with the Raiders have. They do not have uh, outside threats, really, at all. That's, like, real legitimate. The, the wide receiver cores for both those teams are really depleted, I'd say. Pats have a better system to kind of manage and deal with that, and the Raiders have just not been able to adjust, man. As soon as Tyrell Williams hurt his foot, he just has, hasn't come back um, healthy enough to kind of contribute like he was before, and yeah, the team's, team's play has kind of dropped off. They've been searching for people. 
The Patriots have two. They've had their injuries. Or, uh, made some trades for Mohamed Sanu. Doesn't look like that's as panned out as well as some people might have hoped. And yeah, I don't know what, what uh, position they're in, man. Heading into the playoffs, they're at a point now where the Bills can still technically catch them for the division. But I think that Miami's would have to upset the Patriots last week of the season. I don't know if that's going to happen. So mm, you never want to write out the Pats. I'm never going to write them off. Uh, until they basically are out of the playoffs. They're like a never-say-die team. They are annoying for those reasons. So We shall see what will happen with them. Let's see. Rams and Eagles ended up staying alive. They both got wins. Rams were victorious over Dallas. Eagles, I think they beat Washington, if I'm not mistaken. And... Mm, I don't think any team's really going to do much, much damage moving forward into the playoffs as we get kind of deep into that nitty-gritty. Let's see. Yeah, man. I'll get you the original, the actual scores here. Mm, Yeah, because Cowboys ended up losing to the Bears that Thursday, 31-24, so that opened it up. The the NFC East has just been so boo-boo this season, man. It's going to 8-8 team. It's going to maybe make it 7 and I maybe. Yeah, these things have their way of like evening out though over the long long term, so you can't really stress too much. Here were the scores we 14 42 21 Titans over the Raiders. Falcons 40 Panthers 20. Talk about that in a second. 24 17 Ravens over the Bills. Browns beat the Bengals 27 19. That was the uh, the fucking shit bowl there. Packers beat the Redskins 2015 Broncos beat the Texans. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. So, like, Tennessee won. Broncos beat the Texans. That was an upset. So, the Broncos are actually playing better to close out the season than they were earlier in the year. So, like, Oakland's got to play Denver. And it's not going to be as easy as it was earlier in the year, I'd say. No more Flacco. But they got Drew Locke. And Locke was just, you know, throwing the ball all over the place against Houston. Houston's such a weird team. They're Jekyll and Hyde. They can look so good at one week, and then the next week they're done. Like, they beat the Patriots the week prior, and then this week, they, or that week in particular, they lost to the Broncos. So. Vikings beat the Lions 27. That was a 48-46 final. Niners Saints. That was fucking crazy. They had, like, each team had, like, 30 points by, like, halftime, I felt like. So many points were put, putting up in that game. Jets over the Dolphins 22-21. Uh, thirty-eight, thirty-five bucks over the Colts. What else? Forty-five, ten. Jag, Chargers over Jags. Twenty-three, seventeen. Steelers over the Cardinals. And what was it? KC twenty-three, sixteen. They win over the Pats. The Pants. And the Rams were stomping the Seahawks twenty-eight, twelve. They looked good in that game. And and then it was the Eagles over Giants. That's right. That was the overtime game. <laughs> that that was the one I was watching for fantasy purposes because. My team was a three seed at the going into the game. Uh, the the two seed lost that matchup just because my roommate had Carson Wentz. He needed him to get like twenty points. He had a horrible first half, was doing nothing, and then in the fourth quarter they just like start going hurry up, and he starts lighting up the the Giants uh, secondary. And we're doing the math. It's like all right, last drive. If he gets a touchdown here. Can I beat him? And they finish it off. And eventually, 
they, uh, <laughs> what was it? Got the touchdown on like a fourth down play to Ertz, send it in overtime. They get the ball back in overtime, get the ball down the field, and then score again. <laughs> so he got two scores and was able to get the victory, which uh, I was happy about. I was excited. Um, it's one of those where it's every little thing. It, me and Alan were breaking down the scenarios. It's like, all right, they need to get the ball. He needs to get this amount of yards, and they need to score a touchdown. And then they need to go to overtime, and they need to kill the clock, and then go to overtime, and then get the ball back, and then score again. And literally every single domino fell, like, right in his place. And when that happens, that's so fucking sweet, man. So sweet. All right. Well, let's talk about the headlines in between the weeks, 14 and 15. Ron Rivera got fired by the Panthers. Last Latino head coach, half Mexican, half Cuban. Ah, man. That's that's a tough one to see. I hope he gets another shot at it. But Riverboat Ron, man, he... He had an eventful, eventful career there in Carolina after being the defensive coordinator with the Bears for a good chunk of time. And his team's had his ups and downs. Made the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50. Obviously, we remember Cam Newton not falling on that fumble that Von Miller ended up getting. Uh, trying to make a quote-unquote career decision not to put himself in the line of fire. And, yeah, I think Ron Rivera did represent... Uh, you know, the Latino community, the football playing community, following, watching community pretty well, I'd say. He's like uh, an ex-military guy and part of those Chicago Bears teams in the 80s. And yeah, he was a hard-nosed type of, type of personality. I got to give him a lot of credit, though, because people were really down on him at the beginning of his coaching career for him being really ultra-conservative, making a lot of decisions. And then I think the media got on his case so hard that, uh, I can't remember the season, it might be like 2014, 2013, this dude was going for every fourth down and every, um, like, opportunity to get, like, two points and stuff like that. Like, he was just gambling all over the place, and that's where the Riverboat Ron nickname came from. Uh, <laughs> he's like a Riverboat gambler. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of sad. No more no more Latino head coaches. Um yeah, it is what it is. Uh, in that note, Tom Flores deserves a Super Bowl. First Latino head coach to win championships. It's a player, assistant coach, head coach. Eventually became a general manager in the league, too. You know? Gotta give the man his props, man. Gotta give his man his props. All right. The Niners commentator got suspended after making comments about Lamar Jackson's dark skin because he was calling into like KNBR 680. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, the name of the person. I just got the headline here. He was saying that the, for the Niners, it was also an extra layer of difficulty trying to decipher the whole a run. Uh, you know, is he going to give it? Is he going to take it? The, the whole, All the options behind the backfield. And he said one of the factors, too, was the fact that the ball... Uh, color of the ball is similar to the color of his form, the skin of his forearm. It's like, dude, like you really <laughs> bring that up out of all the other things that uh, played a part in that victory um, for uh, Baltimore the week prior because they played the Niners in week thirteen. It's like, really, really, dude, you're gonna make that the biggest issue? Uh, he got suspended for. 
I think a game or something like that the rest of the week. Uh, Lamar Jackson also broke uh, Michael Vick's single-season rushing record for quarterbacks. And he currently has over 1,000 yards this season. Um, that's kind of crazy. Uh, we thought we saw the greatest running quarterback of all time. We might have a dude this better. Vick, I think, had a bigger cannon. Lamar, I think, is more accurate, if you want to compare the two. Obviously, one's lefty, one's righty. Different eras, different offenses. The rules are different. Vic could get really pummeled and punished out there. Um, Lamar can too. It's just that the rules are in place to protect him a little bit more so than uh, in Vic's era. You know, we always want to compare numbers and stats and stuff like that, and you always have to do do that relative to the scenarios that that came from. So, just gotta know. Let's see. Oh yeah, Janoris Jenkins. Uh, I think call him Jackrabbit. Excuse me. Whew. Uh, he's tweeting some stats during his missed practice uh, about how he performed. Uh, there were some users on Twitter who came back at him and was like, hey, man, that'd be nice, but uh, what about you guys win? Uh, this dude, <laughs> freaking Janoris Jenkins, comes back, starts uh, calling him a retard, saying like, hey, man, it, it's... This loss ain't all on me, man. I, I did my part. Like, you know, blame the other people. Cause him retard, man. And then people, they, they like, shout him out. And he says, like, man, F that. I ain't going to apologize. This dude uh, coming at me. I don't care. I'm defending myself. And then he gets cut by the Giants, man. Like, the next day. So, what is this, like, the second or third time this season? People have gone up on Twitter and getting into shit with fans and end up getting cut. But I think this dude, too, uh, for Jenkins, he was fed up with the team. So I don't think he's ultimately that too mad. He got claimed by the Saints. So, I mean, from the from the outhouse to the penthouse, I guess, uh, he's going to have a chance to make some possible noise in the playoffs. We'll see if he fits in with the team. I haven't really seen how much he's uh, been participating with them and all that stuff. Let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, T-Sizzle, Terrell Suggs. Yeah, this offseason had a homecoming with the Cardinals, or at least that's how it was reported. Going to go back to his home state, uh, play in the you know same town that was uh, that he went to college in. He went to ASU. He ended up getting cut by the Cardinals though last uh, last week. Got claimed by Kansas City, and looks like he's going to play there. He had originally claimed that he's not going to report to any team who picks him up unless it was going to be Baltimore. But, you know, a chance to go to, to another top contender. I think he took that chance. I'm scared because the Chiefs got another pass rusher. And it's like, damn, dude, that's a lot. It's fucking a lot. All right, let's move forward. Uh, let's see. Eagles linebacker Kamu uh, Grigier-Hill admits that he lied about a concussion after the first play versus Dolphins Week 13. I think he eventually had to come out. And they treated him at that point. But... I'm surprised that stories like this haven't happened or haven't, like, surfaced more so than they have already. Because that's, like, the one control that you have of, like, actually staying an active participant in a football game is just masking the symptoms or just kind of downplaying them as much as you can. And it's to his detriment in the long run, but I understand why he did it. If you're somebody who's on the edge of a roster, the best avail- best ability is your availability a lot of times. You hear a lot of coaches make that statement. And it kind of encourages guys to kind of push through injuries and, and challenge themselves that way. Uh, sometimes, like I said, to the to the detriment of their own health in the current 
uh, state and into the future. We know what the studies say, man. A lot of this stuff over the hard pounding over time, it's just it's not the best, man. So you got to try to mitigate that as much as possible and to to deal with stuff as they come up. So concussions are the biggest, biggest, uh, biggest thing kind of in that in that regard. So yeah, if anybody's listening, don't try, it. don't lie to you. Don't lie to your trainers and stuff. You got to be as, as truthful. It's it's so hard. It's so hard not to. But it's it's to your own benefit, man. All right, a uh, couple, two more big things. Patriots Spygate 2.0. The fuck is this, man? Bengals like caught the Patriots filming their sideline when they were playing Cleveland uh, the week before the Patriots were going to play Cincinnati. The dude was filming the sideline, getting the signals, and like the audio recording that Jay Glazer ended up getting, it was one of the uh, members of the media filming off of the cam, the camera, uh, like screen, the screen on the camera. And you hear the guy, the stupid freaking uh, dude with the camera saying that, he, oh, I'm going to delete it and it'll be nothing. We'll forget about it and all this stuff. And the guy's like, no, you, we fucking got you. Like, what the hell is going on? Patriots reported that it was a part of their docuseries, Do Your Job, where they follow the people who work with the team. This was like they're following one of the um, guys who works at the Travels with the Press or uh, one of the scout it was an advanced scout they were following a scout so that's how they got media credentials to be up in the booth but the film didn't even have the scout or anybody any member of the team or anything like that on footage it was just the Bengals sideline so it's like what the fuck's going on like the fact that the Patriots are involved in another goddamn scandal like this you're like how fucking brazen do you guys have to be and now there's question as to whether the head coach and GM the guy that runs the shit, Bill Belichick, if he was complicit in this or if this was completely outside of his control. I have a feeling that he had some inkling of an idea. But I'm also a very biased person too, so I'm going to admit to that. I don't think he was completely in the dark on this. He may have not been the person who okayed it. He may have not necessarily benefited from it, but I don't know. Just the fact that this shit's happening again for this fucking team. It's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. This is like the fifth or sixth incident. Like little things. Little or bigger things that have kind of come up in the past. So, shame on y'all. Shame on y'all, New England. What? Really? 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 I mean, really? Crazy. Craziness. Another crazy headline. Kind of touch on this one for a second clint portis and nine other ex-nfl players got caught defrauding 3.9 million dollars in healthcare expenses from uh, uh the nfl uh and their program for retired athletes and basically the whole situation was like the there was people they would recruit ex-nfl players to come place claims within the nfl's like uh uh, retirement uh, health program, and you they make requests. Uh, it's saying that they were purchasing different equipment 
that they weren't necessarily and that they would become uh, they'd be reimbursed for their their purchases so they're creating fake invoices for stuff like hyperbaric chambers and like training equipment and what have you and then they would just be cashing the checks and the people who were running the group were apparently getting kickbacks from every person who participated in this scheme so yeah there was about like 10 of the guys it was a lot of people who were part of like the there was like four or five names I looked up that were part of like the 2004, 2005 like Washington Redskins roster. And that's why Clinton Portis was like the biggest name who got caught up in this. And he's obviously denied it since the story broke. Um, who knows who's telling the truth? I mean, this stuff came from like a federal investigation. So I got to admit, I got to I gotta assume that the evidence is probably mounting against uh, um, a good number of the people who participated. That's another reason to show you, man, that, like, a lot of these guys are just not in the best positions financially. They're not put in the best positions to succeed with uh, the money they earn over the course of their careers. Because their career and, like, money-earning powers is, like, almost inverse to what a normal person's life uh, looks like. You make all your money when you're young, and then you got to live off of it for the rest of your life. Versus the other way where... You know, we don't have that money, but we're working towards it. And then as you get older, you have more more earning power, Tra- you know, traditionally, not all the time. Every every situation is a little different. But, you know, it's like if people were resorting to defraud and fucking insurance claims and stuff, it's like, fuck, man, that's that's bad. The same same time, some people are always going to, you know, exploit a loophole, exploit a uh, um faulty point in the system so i don't know i don't know what the solution to that is but some shit to bring up i thought was interesting all righty let's go over to the last week week 15 recap man talking about going out with a fucking whimper man the oakland raiders said bye to the oakland alameda county coliseum for the last time, they had their last home game last week playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. What a great matchup there, NFL schedule makers. Uh, what a huge rivalry game. Out of all the teams the Raiders could have played in that stadium for the last time, had to be Jacksonville of all teams. But whatever, man. Basically, the game was going pretty good for the most part, man. A lot of Waller. Uh, Josh Jacobs came back after missing the previous game against Tennessee. And he was doing his thing. They were up 16 to 3. It's uh, you know, three quarters of the way through the game. Everything's going good. And then the fucking wheels started falling off, man. The defense started playing a little bit more uh, uh more off of the receivers. They start moving the ball, getting into rhythm, Minshew's finding guys. They get a score, uh, field goal, and then fourth quarter comes, and the Raiders are fucking tight as hell. They needed like two. They needed to get, like, one or two more first downs, and they would have won the goddamn game. They had possession uh, around two and a half minutes. They're moving the ball, having it around midfield. And then Derek Carr takes off and picks up a first down around, like, the 40-yard line. He does those the quarterback slides where you're supposed to, like, you know, he's done. As soon as he starts sliding, they're supposed to kill the play. He's sliding towards the pylon or towards the uh, the first down marker. He starts to slide inbounds and then finishes out of bounds. The ref 
decides to blow the play dead and end the uh, kill the clock. So the clock's spo- supposed to be running because he, he he dove inbounds, and then now they're saying the clock's not running because he stepped out. So that was, should have led to the two minute warning, and it would have taken another like 15, 20 seconds off the clock. Instead, Jaguars don't have to waste the timeout. Raiders have to run another play, and they get to save another timeout for their opposite possession. So they were up uh, 16 to 13 at the moment. And so they're like, all right, we'll just kick a field goal. They go out to kick the damn field goal. This fool Carlson misses it wide. And he didn't miss it once. He missed it twice because they had a fucking penalty. And they moved the, the field goal five yards up. And he fucking shanked it again two times in a row. Ultimately, he wasn't the reason they lost. But it's like, that's another thing that could have affected shit. Jaguars get the ball back after the missed kick. They go down the field and they fucking throw a touchdown to win it. With like 10 seconds left in the game. Fucking sad ass time. So, so sad. So sad, man. I feel so bad for the people who are there at the game because it... You just wanted to have one last celebration, one good final send off, man, and you can't, you can't even, can't even have it, can't have it, man. Oh fuck, man, this shit, mm, it just fucking, oh my god, it just wants me to punch some shit right now about it because it's like, mm, this is not how it's supposed to end like this. Not how it's supposed to end. God damn, how they blow that game in Oakland, man. Oh man, so like the team kind of took a shit at the end of the game and. Nobody was happy about it in the stadium, obviously. There was the boo birds were coming out like crazy. I've read or I've heard different accounts from people who were there, um, in the media, people who were there just like as fans and stuff, and I don't fucking blame the, the, the fans for, for reacting the way they did, because I felt like shit too. I, I was cursing the TV and I felt like this is it, we're done, it's done. Like done done. Like there's no coming back from it. Like done done. Like this is it's all gonna be different moving forward. The whole Vegas thing, where the team is with Carr, and like, uh, he's gonna stick around for the foreseeable future. I don't know. The week prior, man, he threw the ball out like on a, he threw the ball away on like a fourth down play, when the team was already down like multiple scores, and at that moment, I was just like, you're not even giving yourself a chance, man. He's, like, so shy, shy about, like, trying to put the ball out there that it's just, it's it's hurting. It's hurting, man. It's hurting the team. It's hurting my soul watching that stuff, man. <sighs> so it's frustrating. Fucking frustrating, man. It's like Jacobs came back to, with a fucking broken shoulder. He's got a broken shoulder, man. I don't know if there's a medical ass term or not this motherfucker's just dragging still putting up numbers over 100 yards every time he's out there man he's like sacrificing for all that shit and it just you just throw the effort down the drain it's just oh, so fucking frustrating man oh jeez 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 um mm, mm, mm. i am glad i did uh i was able to make it up to the uh to the Coliseum for one last time when they played the Bengals, and I'm very glad they won for the, the time I was there. Because this little meltdown to the end of the season is just, hmm, it's not been good. They're currently 6-8. and eight. Still not out of it, technically, but they're damn near close. 
They need Pittsburgh to, to lose a couple. They need, like, Indy to lose. They need... And then Tennessee needs to keep losing. So, that, like, they can't have the same record as the, the the Titans or Houston because both of those teams have the, the head-to-head matchups against them. Fucking Deshaun get kicked in the face, still throwing touchdowns against... How did he do that? So, we're going to need the Titans to lose two more in a row to even have a shot. So, that's what it is, man. That's what it is. Uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee, they got to they gotta lose out, I think, to even have a shot. All righty. Let's move on. Um, for as... Yes, fuck, man. And for as... Uh, as good as the Niners looked against the Saints, they looked just as like puzzling against Atlanta. Team that another team everyone had written out by the in the middle of the season, looking a little frisky, getting some wins, playing tough. They got that young way cool guy. He's pretty cool. He's my kicker right now on my fantasy team. Um, so yeah, they're doing their thing. Um, Atlanta, and they got that upset win over the, the, the Niners in San Francisco, in Santa Clara, technically, but up in the Bay, they marched in, and crazy sequence of events to end the game, because it looked like Austin Hooper probably got a touchdown, where he had the ball, like, in his possession, like, with one hand, he was cropping it, and then the ball, he's, like, in the end zone, the ball touches the ground, and he... I don't think it might not have touched the ground. It may have hit his foot because he was like kind of crumpled, crumpling over, falling down. The ball, I don't, I don't know. It's, it was not clear as to whether it touched the ground or not. And even though the ball moved, he regained the possession and it didn't cause cause him to like lose it. If that makes sense, like he jogged, I, I don't know. I don't know. This this stuff in the replays is so fine line. They come back the next play, Julio Jones, like a. a, a to end the game, it was literally to end, or with two seconds left, this is fourth down play, it ended up being two seconds when he scored it, gets the ball near the goal line, and then just like pushes forward, they reviewed it, he gets it in, they score a touchdown, they're up, uh, they kick off, and I think they fumble the, or they, they screw up the whole um, Cal Stanford throw the lateral play, and Atlanta runs it back. So they scored two touchdowns in two seconds and killed a lot of people's uh, gambling, I think, there. That was uh, not the best for some folks. So, yeah, Atlanta with an upset win. Shit happens every year, man. Shit happens. Uh, Cleveland Browns, not so hot. Um, hold on a second. Let me, let me give you the official scores here. It's because fuck it. Uh, come on. Come on, God damn it! I'm on a break at my work right now, and I just want to look at the scores. And da, 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 da. yeah, twenty to sixteen. That was the Raiders, Jacks final score. That was a nasty one. Hmm. Oh yeah, Ravens beat the Jets forty-two twenty-one on Thursday night. More killing it for my fantasy team. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, what was the game we were talking about? What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, yeah. The Cardinals beat the fucking Browns 38-24. to Browns players were asking the team, apparently asking people on the Cardinals to come get them. They're going to trade for them and go get them. Like, it's bad. 
it's bad situation going on there. Freddy Soup Kitchens. This dude looks like the, the best grill master in uh, this side of Tennessee. <laughs> like, uh, don't know. They Somebody was saying that they, they call the games backwards, man. They start throwing when they're, they should be running. They have one of the best running backs in Chubb in the game. And they give him like 15 carries, 15 touches. They hardly give him the ball. And then when they're down, they start establishing the run. It's like, what are you guys doing, man? It's fucking it's frustrating. Frustrating. I got fantasy guys on that team. Chubb in particular, man. He's been saving my ass by getting... You'll have 10 carries and we'll bust one for 50. And then that'll be half his rushing yards. And they don't give him the rock anymore. It's like, what are they doing, man? Let's see what else happened here. Seahawks beat the Panthers 30-24. Seahawks currently the one seed. Craziness, man. A lot of competitive teams in the NFC for seeding these last two weeks. Patriots beat the Bengals. They didn't need to look at the sidelines, man. The 34-13 is the final. They were going to wreck them anyway, man. Buccaneers 38, Lions 17. Jameis almost killed me in fantasy this week. Uh, he threw like four or five touchdowns or something. He was just going off. He threw one pick, but then settled in. Yeah, four touchdowns, one pick. 458 yards. First player ever to throw for 450 yards two consecutive games in a row. So he's a boomer, ultimate boomer bust. He's just like, get you picks, and I'm going to get you touchdowns too. So, almost killed me with that shit, man. Uh, Packers 21, Bears 13. Bears at Dunsky. Packers are the two seed, I think, currently, man. Like I said, a lot of jacking for position in the NFC right now. Kansas City 23, Broncos 3. That was a snow game. Kansas City looked like they were having a bomb-ass time, and Denver just looked like they were having fucking a miserable-ass outing out there. They couldn't do anything right. They got it into the red zone a couple times, and every single time they went for it because they were down multiple scores. And it was they had a couple plays where the, the, receiver, the ball was in the receiver's hands, and they could just not come down with it. So, yeah. Eli Manning. Career record, back to 500. Giants beat the Dolphins 36-20. to If Daniel Jones is available, do you play him these last two weeks to keep that record at 500? Do you let Eli get a chance to go a game over and then take him out? I don't know. I don't know what happens there. I do not know. I do not know. <laughs> There's some, like, uh, discussion about, like, man, should he be even be in the Hall of Fame if he doesn't, not even a 500 quarterback? It's like, we got the two Super Bowls and all that stuff. But, yeah. All right, like I said before, Texas beat the Titans 24-21. Kenny Stills did really well getting single coverage. Uh, coverage, uh, And then DeAndre Hopkins did well at the end when he started getting single covered <laughs> um, instead of double teamed as much. Titans made a comeback on them. AJ Brown, that dude is a beast, man. He he's been killing everybody. He's hard to tackle and gets the ball. And Tannehill's been doing well for the Titans. He's been doing really well since he's come in for Mariota. But they started off slow. I don't think they had any points in the first half. And yeah, Texans ended up winning, taking uh that leg up in the division. So they're in the driver's seat. Eagles beat the Redskins 37 to 27. And this NFC East drama will continue again. Oh, my goodness. Who wants the division? I do not know. 
All right, and then we got the Vikings just stomping over the Chargers, 39-10. to I was very happy about that. Dalvin Cook did leave with the shoulder injury. His backup, Alexander Madison, is dealing with an ankle injury. So now it's freaking, what is this, Mike Boone, I want to say, is the third string running back. Amir Abdullah is the fourth stringer. So those two guys have been running. Um, and this I've been monitoring this shit crazy because I got Madison and Boone on my fantasy team. Jacobs is ruled out this week, so I don't know who I'm going to play between those two guys. I have Adrian Peterson also, too, in the mix, so uh, i got to make a decision on that uh, sometime shortly. No Thursday night tonight. It'll be football games on Saturday and Sunday this weekend, so I'm, my fucking weekend is toast, man. Done. Done. I'm going to be comatose on the couch. A lot of naps. A lot of naps. Cowboys 44, Rams 21. Like I said, NFC East, who wants it? Cowboys can look so good at certain games, and then just other games look like fucking dog shit. And it was a 29-22 final for that Falcons game. They were up 23-22 when they scored the touchdown, and then they, they ran back that last one to get an extra six points up on the board. And then finally, Buffalo Bills really cementing themselves as a Solid ass team, seventeen to ten over Pittsburgh. Um, that Sunday night, Tre'Davious White, he is a good ass cornerback. I will say that this dude is fucking money on the outside. Doug Hodges is not the answer. Pittsburgh, I think most people knew about that, and Steelers really struggled on offense that that whole night. It was kind of a struggle fest, old school style football, a lot of defense, punts, or what have you. Josh Allen, he's a typical, like, prototypical, does enough to, to get the win. Doesn't look pretty, but does enough. Scrambler. And uses uh, size well when uh, extending the ball over the goal line or, you know, reaching over the uh, first down marker. And, yeah. Bills, they got a shot at the division, but I don't, this might be a little too tough now. Because I said Miami's playing the Patriots, and I don't. It's gonna be you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who gamble on the Dolphins in that game. Straight up, you give them a point spread. Yeah, that sounds re- not too unreasonable, but yeah. And then on Monday, the Saints just whooped up on the Colts, thirty-four to seven. So um, that's currently where we're at. Um, let's see. Yeah, let's see. Who's still in the mix? Yeah, Colts got eliminated, so now it's just Raiders, Titans. Uh, let's see. Cleveland, Pittsburgh. He's all like six and eight, seven, seven, eight, and six teams. Sure, yeah. We're going to need Tennessee to lose to. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the Raiders are still alive. They're going to need lots of help, lots and lots and lots of help to get there. That's kind of the the shit to talk about with the scores. Let's go back to my notes on here. Oh, yeah, Josh Gordon got suspended indefinitely once again for sort of violating the substance abuse policy. Tough, man. NFL, I hear, is in their new CBA is going to uh, 
They're going to change the language in terms of their marijuana policy, which I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for. Kind of saw this coming a little bit. I think the Pats kind of knew that there was a chance that this would happen. So Seahawks took a chance on him. I wish him the best, man. Substance abuse issues are not something to be, uh, you know, taken lightly. This guy's had his long history of, of such, and you hate to see it kind of bite its ugly, uh, rear its ugly head, man. Because it's it's been his problem. Cleveland, his time in Cleveland was so, so so much what ifs, so many what ifs, man. Just couldn't put down, put down the weed, man. I can kind of relate, man. It's fucking, if I can, I will, but. He couldn't, he still did, so. And once you get popped one time, you're, you're just like the NFL's bitch in terms of them just testing you whenever they want to. You just got to submit, man. Submit or you're going to be out the league. All right, that's enough for that. Let's go over some headlines on some other sports. Um, let's go to baseball, man. It's been hot stove league. Dude, this dude, Garrett Cole, signs a nine-year $324 million contract with the New York Yankees. The damn evil empire. I don't know if you know this. It's pretty spread out every season. It's not uh, uh, backloaded or front-loaded in any way. So it is $36 million per year. If you look at his stats from last season and you replicate that or if you extrapolate it over the course of his contract... He is making 1.09 million per start. You go down, that's $9,200 per pitch. This dude's making nine racks off a pitch, man. <laughs> this dude might miss outside. He's just like, ah, oh, that's cool. It's a down payment on a nice uh, mid-sized sedan. Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? This is crazy, man crazy money so if you can get it more power to you more power to you uh, another guy who moved on anthony rendon goes to the angels from the washington nationals i'm kind of mad because now more firepower for the uh, anaheim club and more competition for the a's and all that so we'll see what happens with that that was a dude I was happy to see win. You know, a Mexican dude from San Diego or California area. It's like, that was cool. That dude was clutch as fuck, man. That dude had, like, ice water in his veins all postseason. So he moves on. Nationals were able to keep Strasburg, so they made that decision to to, to hold on to him. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, moving on from the Giants, decided to sign with the D-backs. The main issue or the main reason why? Land. Most importantly, land for his horses. I didn't know this, but he has property out there. Spring training and a lot, a lot of MLB players, you know, train over there anyway in the off season. And yeah, that he, I think the Diamondbacks were his number one choice. Uh, he got an offer that was really similar from the Giants. I think he has one last year. It was like a four year deal instead of a five year deal. But he just said, "Screw it, I want to, I want to play here. I want to play in Arizona." So. I can't fault the guy, man. He, being a Giants fan too, it's like you hate to see that go. But I just gotta say thank you. I can the the Giants are forever indebted for for what he did in that 2014 playoffs. He literally put the team on his back and just wrote. Bochy just fucking wrote him until they got all the way to the end. 
dude pitched five innings out of the pen on two day on a day's rest in Game Seven, and was just nails. Lights out, man. Lights out. Crazy. Uh, Corey Kluber from the Indians. Oh, I just had to say before we move on. Thank you, Matt Bun, for everything you did. I really appreciate it. I will still forever cherish the jersey that I have with the 2014 championship patch on it that I got of you. Um, you will always remember, remain a legend for the Giants. And, yeah, I look forward to the time when the number 40 jersey will be retired there at uh, Oracle Park, formerly AT&T, formerly Pac Bell. Um, I think it was SBC Park for a second, too. Um, yeah. Thank you, thank you for everything you've done. Uh, like I said, Corey Kluber got traded from the Indians to the Texas Rangers. So Rangers trying to reload and stockpile. That was kind of a salary dump there for that Indians team trying to limit payroll. So that's going to be another another player to contend with in the uh, AL West. All right, Major League Baseball is now going to be testing for opioids, uh, but they won't be punishing players like. Uh, with suspensions or anything like that, they're going to uh, provide treatment, which I think is a very positive shift in the kind of the perspective that uh, some of these teams had in dealing with these issues. Um, they also are not going to be testing for weed. So I think positive, positive signs overall. You've heard me talk about some of this, the, the drug issues in sports over, over time, ad nauseum in society too. So I think you kind of know where I stand on a lot of stuff too. So good, good news from MLB. Let's put up, uh, let's go over to the NBA, man. Harden, this dude is just putting up points. He gives the most annoying point score in the NBA, but he had the least efficient 50-point game ever a few uh, few games back. Uh, tons of free throws. What else can you expect? He shot under 30% for the game, which is fucking amazing. That he still, You can put up 50 screen shooting that bad percentage. Uh, they had a two, uh, two overtime loss against uh, San Antonio that uh, they were protesting because Harden went up for a dunk. The ball came around outside of the the rim and went like out. It was weird. It was you got to see the replay. The ball went through the rim, but it looked like it may have hit the back of the rim and then just went out. And so they didn't count the basket, and there was still most of the fourth quarter to go. So. The NBA was like, yeah, you guys had enough time to figure it out and make, uh, you know, make do of it. But no, they weren't able to. Lost in double overtime. Those two points, though, maybe that's the game. That's the outcome. So it's kind of a bad break there for Houston. I ain't too, too mad, but whatever. NBA is talking about maybe doing a midseason tournament. Now... The logistics behind it, I think, will be difficult to pull off, but I don't, I'm don't. i not opposed to this idea. It'd be kind of like uh, how the Premier League, they have the, the League Cup, and then they have the Premiership. Where the Premiership is like kind of equivalent to a regular season, and then the tournament is kind of equivalent to like a postseason. But they're happening at the same time. They're two separate competitions. So you can win one and lose the other. Um, it's like winning the championship versus being the best team in the regular season. It's kind of that that idea. But they kind of want to make it so it's um, you get some competitive advantage if you win. So they're talking about maybe seeding, maybe money for the players, extra picks for the team. Who knows? Who knows how this is going to suss out? But I'm not opposed to this idea. I'm something to it's, uh, 
Adam Silver's just willing to experiment and try some stuff. And the regular season is just it does get really bogged down. Eighty-two games, like the same thing. A lot of these players and teams even aren't taking them as seriously as uh, they had in the past. So it's like they're not living and breathing on every single result for that night. They're kind of looking at everything in the long term. And that's kind of brought some negative things where you, yeah, controlling uh, people's uh, wear and tear, the whole quote-unquote load management issue. It's got ugly, uh, you know, ugly factors that kind of happen. Guys missing games and marquee matches don't end up happening and whatnot. So it's one of the, the, the downfalls. So some guys not trying as hard or looking to just put up stats that, that look okay, but if you're watching the, the game film, you're like, he's not maxing himself out. Joel Embiid is one of those guys. I know Shaq and, and Charles were calling him out, and then he puts up 38 points the next night, so it's it's along those lines. But So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Mexico City is going to get a G League team next season. That's going to be exciting. They're not going to be associated with any of the uh, NF- NBA teams uh teams any of those franchises because every g league team is is kind of like a feeder team for one of the nba teams there that they have some usually local so sacramento kings have the stockton kings for instance there's like the awa caliente or the south bay lakers or something there's awa caliente clippers i think is what it is some somewhere out here so yeah mexico city uh so all these g league players get your passports get them ready i think they already do because Canada, I think Canada. Anyway, uh, so this was announced while there was like two games that happened in Mexico City. The Pistons were playing uh, there. Andre Drummond, apparently allergic to avocados. I didn't know this was a thing that's possible, but he almost misses the game due to having swollen eyes and not being able to fit contact lenses in. So be careful out there, man. That fucking sucks, man. I love avocados. I can't imagine being allergic to them. That would that would suck, though. So, good thing Andre uh, got everything all handled and he was able to play. I think Luca had a good game there in Mexico. Anyway, big shout out to Vince Carter playing his fifteenth, hundredth uh, NBA game. The only guys who have played more games: John Stockton, Dirk Nowitzki, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Robert Parrish. What a crazy career, man. This dude was playing before I even remember watching the NBA. Like, hats off to Vince Carter. Still doing it, keeping spry and limber and all that stuff. That is not easy to do. All right, move on. Uh, Kings uh, head coach Luke Walton, we talked about this earlier. He had some sexual assault charges that were brought against him in the summertime by an ex-reporter. Now... News just came out that the charges have been dropped against him. So I don't know if that validates him or or what changes the scenario, but it looks like that legal question mark was kind of over his head. This has now been kind of taken care of. So, yep, that's the news there. I guess I don't have much to say besides that. Uh, Former NBA commissioner David Stern suffered a brain hemorrhage and underwent emergency surgery just a few days ago. So I want to give a big... Uh, you know, Dawson Parrish for him. Hope he makes a speedy recovery. There's a lot of uh, positives he uh, brought forth, uh, kind of being the steward for the NBA during the mo- one of the more critical times when the, the league really blew up and gained global notoriety. So, 
He's got his faults too. Obviously, we can talk about 2002 and all that stuff. What happened in the playoffs? In the playoffs. And the refs and all that other stuff too. You don't want to see anybody suffer though. So, brain hemorrhage is pretty pretty uh, serious uh, operation or condition, I'd say there. All right, let's go quickly to the world of uh, football, world football, footy. Now, there was, uh, we've been talking about the whole uh, racism issue in Italy and in Europe in general for, I pretty much ad nauseum on this show. Things have been just like headline after headline. So there's this newspaper in Italy, Corriere, uh, Corriere dello Sport. Um, they had a headline that said Black Friday on it after Thanksgiving. It had a picture of a match that's upcoming between Inter Milan and Roma with two of the best players on each team. That'd be, uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, that's uh, Chris Smalling, formerly of uh, Manchester United. So he's on Roma now, he's a British player. And Romelu Lukaku, he's on Inter Milan. He's a Belgian international. They're on the cover. And both clubs ended up banning the reporters from this paper until January over the incident. Because they were saying, like, how the... Why are you guys stoking fear? Like, all this, like, whole racism thing. Like, why you gotta, like, bring up all this shit and just, like... You know, make shit go crazy, man. It's crazy. So... Newspaper got under fire because of that. Also, Serie A, the whole league itself, was under fire because they had an anti-racism campaign that they had released some artwork for. They fucking featured monkeys on the artwork. Like, do they not understand the whole connotation they have there with black people and monkey noises that they have in the, in the, in the stadiums and stuff? And how devastating that is for the players? The artist, he, he works with a lot of... Uh, uh, he does a lot of art with monkey figures on them. I understand what he was saying in terms of his vision for the work it just it just did not compute how it should have in terms of uh you know the reception and the reaction and stuff there's a there's a greater um there's other factors in play that you got to be sensitive to when especially even your this is like a campaign anti-racism campaign it was it was bad you, you guys need to look it up and read read into it it was just like Ugh, just, they missed the mark quite a bit on that one, I would say. Quite a bit there. Alright, moving on. Um, yeah, more separatist protests in Barcelona for a Clasico that happened yesterday. It ended up being a, a, a scoreless draw. And I gotta check more into that. But yeah, we, we talked about it before. Uh, the Catalan region wants to be all separated away from Spain and... There's been protests, and the Spanish crown has tried to kind of stifle that a bit. So, there you go. It is what it is. All right. Let's get into the fight world real quick. Um, I got to get back. I'm kind of busy at the moment. All right. So, I'm so fucking disappointed, man. Another, that's like the theme of this damn episode, man. Just disappointment. Andy Ruiz and uh, Anthony Joshua, they had the Clash in the Dunes, the rematch of the heavyweight fight. 
Joshua took it by decision, got his belts back. Ruiz, I hope this isn't a flash in the pan. Andy came in 18 pounds heavier than he did the previous fight. (sighs) Why, man? Why? Too fat and happy, man. And now I'm conflicted because he's like one of the major bits that I have in my act recently. And now I'm like, don't even like saying the bit, man. I don't like going through the bit. I don't know if you've seen. I think it's up on my Instagram. I think I posted one version of it that I've done. But I basically was talking about how I get like off, uh, overconfident, fat, and happy. Eating like crap now. Just like getting into fights and stuff like that. Which is half true. But um, this fool did the same shit, man. This fool got two up on his high horse, man. Ah, rough, rough time. I hope he bounces back. I hope he gets opportunities to further his career. I hope he gets a chance to fight the other top dudes. I know Wilder won't duck him. I don't know about Fury, though. Wilder will fight anybody who wants to fight him. Like, who's legitimate. I think Ruiz is legitimate. I think he'll give him a chance. But he's busy with his shit. So... And Joshua, I hope he finally steps it up and challenges one of those dudes. They said if he fights Fury, it's got to be in 2021. Mm. Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just want these guys to fucking compete against each other, man. I just want to see who's number one. Let's see who's number one. But along those lines, uh, Joshua, once he got back the WBO belt from Ruiz, oh, man, he... uh, he got an automatic uh, challenger that was ordered by the the organization. So he's gonna fight this Alexander Usyk guy, apparently, who's a cruiserweight. He's like one of the bad. He's like a badass cruiserweight, just beating everybody in the division. So he's moved up to heavyweight now. He's another guy. He's another name that you want to throw out there. Can can uh, compete with anybody. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Usyk, so I can't tell you one way or the other. But if that fight isn't ends up being his next one, then so be it. I wouldn't be too mad at the matchup. I would like to see it eventually. I do want to see Ruiz get that third fight at some point with with him. It's not going to happen soon, I don't think. If it does happen, it'll be later. It's going to take a few years. It's kind of how how it works in boxing. So, yeah, that's the state of some heavyweight fights there. Uh, Let's go to UFC. Let's see. Brian Ortega, T-City, is supposed to make his comeback fighting against... uh, Korean Zombie in Busan, South Korea. I think it's this weekend, next weekend. He ended up uh, taking a knock. So now Frankie Edgar stepping in. He's going to be fighting Korean Zombie um, over in Korea. So that'll be an interesting one. Edgar still got it, man. He's still a fucking pit bull. All right, let's talk about UFC 245. That just happened last weekend. Woo, talk about some fireworks right there, man. Boy, oh boy, you got... Three belts that were on the line. And, yeah. Two out of the three champions ended up being able to defend that belt. It's, uh... Oh, my God. There was a lot of fireworks in the in these fights, man. First off, in the main event, I was watching Peter Yan 
dominated Uriah Faber, and that was so sad to see because Uriah is one of my all-time favorite fighters. He was one of the guys that got me into MMA initially when he was just rolling through the WEC. He's a California kid out of Sacramento, local dude. So we'd see him, you know, stories in the papers and all this stuff about him. So we'd always, uh, you know, he was always on our radar. He was on our radar. I would say, at least on my radar from back then. So that was a tough one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike Perry just got stopped by the, this Neil dude. Fucking, I think Gary Neal. Damn, that fool looks impressive. Perry is a fucking pit bull, and he got starched, man. That does not happen. That just does not happen, man. So, Neil, he's going to be someone to look out for in the welterweight division moving forward. All right, let's get to back to the main card. Marlon Marais and Jose Aldo. That was a very, very competitive fight. Jose Aldo going down in weight over to bantamweight. And there was a lot of concern about his health. He was looking really skinny, real gaunt and whatnot. He fucking brought it. I thought he won the fight, personally. Marais, it looked like he gassed out a bit. I don't know. It seemed like he was a bit surprised at the decision, too. I can understand. It was close. I'm a little upset. It was 28-29, 29-28, and 29-28. So, close. Close scoring, regardless. Three-round fight. But, uh, yeah, Aldo actually... He got called out by the bantamweight champion, Henry Cejudo. He wants to fight him in Brazil. We'll see if that happens. All right, on to the uh, main fights, the title fights. Amanda Nunes and Jermaine Durandamy. Five-round fight. Nunes got the unanimous decision. Kind of controlled Durandamy. Used her wrestling and jiu-jitsu skills very well. I think set the record for most amount of takedowns in a fight. Something like eight or nine takedowns. Just kept flopping her on her on her ass, man. And Duranime, she was doing very well on her feet, striking, because that's her specialty, the kickboxing and whatnot, but couldn't do enough. As soon as she got on her back, she was just like, you could tell. She was just swimming in deep water. Nunez has such a good, well-rounded game. Amanda's fucking beast. One of the best fighters ever. Male or female. UFC history for sure. I'll be willing to put the whole fight history there. Just in terms of what she's been able to accomplish. Just dominant. Dominant in that bantamweight division. Mm. So I don't know what's next for Amanda. Cause she's just rolled through most everybody who you would think would have a challenge. I don't know what's next for her. More tattoos? basically it it's like the one main change i've seen from her for the last like three years is just getting blasted with ink so do you girl do you so yeah newness keeps it keeps it going all right let's move forward the last two fights though pretty fucking unbelievable i'm not gonna lie let's talk about the featherweight championship max holloway brought the belt into the arena and alexander volkanovsky left with it Wow, the Australian, mm. former rugby player, this dude used to weigh 240 pounds at like 5'11", or 5'9", down to 155, Fokonofsky, this dude comes with power, this dude is compact, 
and he's got that that gas to go the full five rounds. Like at the, he started to get winded at the end of like the last minute or two minutes of the last uh, last round, and Holloway looked like he was coming on later, but it was like both dudes coming back and forth. It was just fireworks everywhere, left and right. Nobody was uh, hesitating at all. It was just a classic, classic uh, brawl, man. Not really a brawl, but it was it was an intelligent fight. Holloway was taking damage, and it looked like he he started to bring it on at the end of the third round, through the fourth and the fifth. He stepped it, especially the fourth and fifth. He stepped it up, brought the pace up. Wasn't enough, man. This wasn't enough. Volkanovski, big credit to him, bringing the belt down under. Wow, he's he might be a problem. Holloway did, to his credit, go on the Rogan show after a loss. I got to listen to that podcast. I want to see how he, he did, how he's reflected on it. I think he's, his quote was, it is what it is. That's kind of what he says. Well, that's one of his one of his quotes. So Max will be back. Max is a fucking beast himself. Nearly double champ, but one of the game's best fighters still, even with the loss. Shouts out to Volkanovski, though. Former rugby player. Mm, doing things, man. Let's get to the main card, man. The main event. Kamara Usman. Doing God's work, man. Fucking stomping out Colby Covington. And that is a dumbass freaking heel shtick that he's been doing. The whole MAGA shit, man. Thank you, uh, Kamara. Thank you, Kamara. That was fucking amazing to watch. He, he's like, it's like a moralistic victory almost. Like how how fucking crazy it was. This for Usman. Oh man, both dudes crazy fucking stamina. These dudes were bringing it the whole fight for the most part. Crazy. Both guys tremendous wrestlers. The fight never went to the ground. These dudes just wanted to duke it out and just go, and. Yeah, man, it was, Kamara was switching stances on him and stuff, and uh, did a great job of just attacking his front leg, just kept attacking the leg, kept attacking the leg, and Covington, he started getting popped around the third round onwards, I want to say he broke his jaw in the fourth round, there was a punch that uh, Usman landed, I, mean, I think it was in the third round, you hear... Uh, Colby go to the to the the corner and say, "I think I broke my jaw. I think I broke my jaw." And then continue to fight the rest of the fight. So, man, that is some manly ass beastly shit there. I ain't going to lie, man. That was fucking amazing, impressive. Uh, Covington, hell of a fighter, but like all that uh, outside of the ring shit, talking and uh, you know killing all the you know attacking all the Brazilians, talking shit about everybody. Immigrants, fucking Trump, all lefty liberals and all this shit. Like, this dude was just spewing that shit out, man, like crazy. So I'm so happy and thankful that this fool got his ass whooped on there. So you don't really want to root for guys to, like, get that much physical harm and stuff often. But this was one of the dudes where a lot of people were like, man, fuck this fool. Fuck this fool. Like... So many, so many. I can tell it was hard for some people who are like analysts and stuff to kind of remove themselves from that. They're just like, mmm, mmm, just want to hate him, which to his credit is what he he wanted. He wanted the attention and he wanted the 
to get the the notoriety so he could get get paid basically get more highlights and yeah move that forward so he doesn't have that knockout power and Usman did that was the difference man Kamaru is a beast man I when he first beat Woodley some people were like man is this a flash in the pan thing I don't think so I think this solidified this performance solidified it man fucking amazing so shout out to Kamaru he's still holding on to that welterweight championship uh beat him he said he said i want to punish him for four and a half rounds and then i want to knock him out and that is exactly what he did it's exactly what he did man uh jeez oh man what a fight he was just he connected on a couple a couple haymakers on him boom especially the one that busted his jaw open he had his mouth kind of open he wasn't didn't have it. He wasn't clenching down on the mouthpiece. He wasn't biting down on him like you're, they teach you to. So man, crazy ass fights. UFC 245, definitely exciting, man. All right, what's next? Uh, yeah, we got some fights coming up. Khabib and Tony Part Four, I guess. That shit's supposed to happen next summer. Uh, McGregor's gonna be fighting Cowboy Cerrone. There's now there's rumors that maybe McGregor's looking to fight Masvidal. It's Kamaru. Kamaru kind of like poo-pooed the idea of fighting Masvidal. Because he's more of the uh, Johnny-come-lately in terms of what he's been doing. And he was giving some credit to some other dudes who were kind of in the division. I've seen a couple post-fight interviews from him. But it'd be interesting to see what happens, how things shake out. If McGregor can get past Cowboy, they're fighting at 170. So, I don't know. Is Connor going to be be able to put his stamp on that division? He's 1-1. One Against Nate, those are the only times he fought at 170. You know, I personally think he might be better suited at 155, but I don't know if he wants to make that cut like he did in the past. His power, I don't know if it translates as he goes higher up into the to the different weight classes, but we'll see. That's why they that's why they uh, that's why they schedule the fights, I guess. All right, let's move forward. A uh, couple things to close things out. Russia. Banned again from the Olympics and other global sports for doping. Once again. Are they ever going to get this right? Do they care? I don't know. And I don't know. So, the Ruskies caught cheating again. also want to say RIP to Deadspin. Long time online publication that was a go-to for me for years and years and years. Ever since I've really started diving into the sports world online and all that stuff. They basically were bought out by a different company who said that they don't want to talk about politics and just keeps just sports. The writers and the staff are like, fuck that. We talk about the world of sports in the, in the manners of what we do and we're going to do it regardless. So basically they got, uh, they got pinged on that and they, fired most of the staff so i haven't been on their website since this has happened a few weeks back so sad to see man they were one of the last bastions of like people online who were very big had the notoriety but also like kept it how like told it how it was like they were almost overly critical at times uh especially of like the main the main media when they became a main like a large media entity themselves the perspective kind of changed and you can kind of see that a little bit in the reporting but I mean, 
better. A lot of times they were the only, they were a foil to ESPN a lot of times in the Fox Sports is the world where you get the official tune, official version of events, and then what like kind of what really happened or what like the shit that people really cared about, they were the ones talking about it. Some dude was a streaking on the field, they'd have the gif. Um, some sports announcer, you know, fucks up a call or curses on air, they had the clip up. Uh, somebody got popped for PDs, or somebody has some crazy wild sex story uh, on their off week or on their bye week, they were the ones gonna they were gonna talk about it. All right, uh, maybe ESPN reporter was uh, you know caught with some salacious photos. Aaron Andrews situation, what happened to her? where she had a peeping Tom and all that stuff, they were going to report on that stuff. And if you've been listening to this show, that's the shit about the sports world that I really fucking enjoy talking about and just diving into. So it's going to be sad that that, that pillar is no longer going to be there. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens and what takes its place. The world and the sports landscape has kind of changed and moved a bit in terms of like the media and and how people have ability to communicate with each other. Twitter's a big thing. Reddit's a big thing now, um, more so than in the past where it was just the individual sports blogs that you had to kind of monitor and check out, and the forums and things like that, which gets it gets crazy. Like, Deadspin was just, like, a site that you could just go to for the day. Like, anytime I had, like, free time to kick it, like, they always had some shit about some obscure sport somewhere, some crazy stuff happening. Like, there was always news and articles about stuff like that. So they, they provided countless hours of inter- entertainment and uh, intrigue for me personally i'll speak for myself and i would assume for a lot of the other people too so that's going to be sad that the it's never going to be the same man it's never going to be the same but shit keeps changing we just keep rolling on man that's just kind of how it is and that's kind of how we'll end the show man tonight um yeah that was uh, episode 68 and thank you for tuning in once again i have a comedy show coming up it's coming up tomorrow. Get your tickets now. Link in bio. Got that new flyer up and all that shit. So I really love and appreciate it if you can come support. If not this time, sometime in the future, man, because they're gonna be we're just gonna keep this shit moving. We're gonna keep it rolling. And yeah, you can follow along. SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, all those places. Like, subscribe, comment, rate, give me thumbs up, all that stuff. Um, yeah, man, we're going to keep working on new stuff. I'm going to try to work on getting some more guests back up in here because you've just been hearing my goddamn voice for a couple months now and shit, and shit's getting stale in my opinion. All right? And I like having fun, so that's gonna be, that's how we're going to do it, man. And, yeah, you can follow me. I am on Instagram, Twitter. At Puro Caballero, that's P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O for you gringos out there. And yeah, the show, you can tune in uh, on Instagram. We have the Instagram page at The Puro Caballero Show. If you don't know how to spell it, I don't know how you hell you found this podcast. Because, yeah, SEO and all that shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man pretty much just spelled out how the show spelled out all right no spaces so give us a follow hit me a dm i don't know i'll, I'll reply i'll reply I'll say what's up um so yeah we'll close this out thank you so much for tuning in once again it's been uh the bigote boss himself Mike caballero here your host and we'll, we'll close it out like i said at the beginning 
One of the albums that I really did enjoy recently is Anderson Pack's former house band, I guess. They're kind of stepping out of that light, and they're fucking killing it. I got this new album, a lot of tremendous features on it. I want to, this is like, I guess, the single that they released before, because it's uh, got Mac Miller on this posthumously. They recorded it prior to his passing, and he has a good verse on it. Um, but I wanted to, you know, go full full circle with the Caliuchis. She's also on this track. This is Free Nationals with Caliuchis and Mac Miller. Time. Cali, if you're out there, call me, girl. What's good? All righty. Till next time. Later. Yee!